is MRN's Throwback Thursday, brought to you by Hercules Tires, right on our strength, and by Sunoco and Grunt Style. This is Ken Squire. Time now for MRN.com's Throwback Thursday, classic NASCAR races from the Motor Racing Network's Race Archives. NASCAR Racing, next on MRN Radio. Watkins Glen, New York, the home of American road racing dating back to 1948 when sports cars raced on a 6.6-mile course through the tiny village nestled at the foot of Seneca Lake in the scenic Finger Lakes region of New York State. Today, the roar of racing engines still echoes off the hills of this upstate New York community as NASCAR's Winston Cup Tour visits for their second road race of the year. Rusty Wallace, who along with Ricky Rudd has dominated NASCAR racing on the road courses, says that unlike its counterpart on the West Coast, Sears Point International Raceway, Watkins Glen is not quite as challenging. I'd say it's not a lot easier, but I think it is easier. I think all the corners are more defined and you can see more around the racetrack and it's a uh... Uh, I'd say it's a little easier. The fifth annual Budweiser at the Glen is coming up next. MRN Radio presents NASCAR Today. Sponsored by Goody's Headache Powders and Extra Strength Tablets, the South's number one headache powder. Good afternoon, everyone, from Watkins Glen International. Well, we're here for another road race today, and Eli Gold, I think two stories are going to certainly stand out here this afternoon. One is the chase for the Winston Cup Championship, only a single point separates Mark Martin and Dale Earnhardt. So there's going to be quite a battle there and a lot of strategy on both of them's part. Neither one wants to afford a bad finish, and yet both of them are good road racers and they're going to run hard. I think the other story is here. The drivers seem to be as comfortable with this track this time around as I have seen them in a long time, and there seems to be a new enthusiasm for road racing that we haven't seen in many years. If you take a look at the actual numbers, Barney Hall, it shows you that Rusty Wallace has the best record of any driver here at Watkins Glen. He has a first back in 1987, a second in 1988. He won this race just one year ago, and of course Rusty has won at Sears Point back in June, which is the only other road course race that the Winston Cup Series runs each and every year. But add into the fact that between Rusty Wallace and Ricky Rudd, you have both winners of every road race over the last handful of years. Throw in the fact that Mark Martin could well have won races only for bad luck befalling his racing team. And then insert a couple of veteran road racers who granted are making an infrequent Winston Cup visit, but men the likes of Tom Kendall, who could well have two Winston Cup road course wins to his credit already, and the veteran road racer Saral Vandermerva filling in for Darrell Waltrip here this weekend. You've got the ingredients to what could be a huge upset should things go their way here this afternoon. And that could well happen here at Watkins Glen. We'll take a short break and we'll be back. Ralph Emery here talking with Richard Petty. Richard, how do you relax on race day? Well, actually, Ralph, the most relaxing thing I do is driving itself. Because once the green flag drops, getting up tight will only give you a headache. Well, I know you rely on Goody's headache powders when that happens, just like I do. You bet. Goody's contains the most effective combination of pain relievers you can buy without a prescription. Well, Goody's is sure number one with old number 43. Goody's, the South's number one headache powder. We're back at Watkins Glen International. We're enjoying beautiful weather here and have for the last three days since the Winston Cup teams checked into this speedway. 
Right now, let's go trackside. The most unusual top 20 in qualifying that we have seen in a long, long time. The names, as you'll well find out here when we go through the starting lineup a little bit later. Dale Earnhardt is on the pole out of Kannapolis, North Carolina, the GM Goodrich Chevrolet. And he set a new track record in doing it, and I'll bet in the garage area the other day before qualifying began, you could have got 50 to 1 odds that Earnhardt would be the last man that would be on the pole. Not knocking Earnhardt, but he just doesn't qualify that well. He doesn't, but do you realize that over the last 10 years, no one has a better finishing percentage on road courses top to bottom than does Dale Earnhardt? It's been hidden behind the fact that Rusty Wallace and Ricky Rudd have shared the wins, but as far as top finishes in each and every race, although he's not won them, Dale Earnhardt has been most consistent over the last decade of racing on the road courses. And he may be tough here today. Let's get his thoughts right now. From Woodruff, South Carolina, let's go down trackside and Dick Brooks. Well, we're standing here trying to talk, trying to, talk to these guys. They're doing a little work on uh, trying to find out who's who and who's, who's what here. I think they're trying to figure out if this is Wallace's birthday. Yeah. <laughs> I think Rusty's yeah. birthday is listed as Tuesday in the media guide. Yeah, I think it's Tuesday, yeah. I think it, I think it's a day early, yeah. Dale, Dale, we got a uh, – I said yesterday, you guys start sitting on a pole. As well as you've been running, uh, you guys are going to smell up some of these races. This is two in a row for you, and it's been a long, long time since you've been on a pole. Well, it has been, but there's a lot of other guys sat on a lot more poles than I have, so I don't think it's uh, too awful bad getting two in a row, but uh, – Getting on the road courses surprised even us. We, we knew the car we had is a lot better than what we had last year. We were looking forward to a good run up here, and we felt like had a good shot at qualifying, but we didn't think we could break the record like we did and, and set on a pole. But, you know, the car did, ran great in uh, qualifying and did super, and it's been doing great in practice, and we've had some good times and on old tires. So, you know, we think we got a good combination for the race. We'll just get going here and get settled down and see what happens. You've got a really, really good record on road courses. You haven't got many wins. But, uh, in fact, most of the wins has been to, to two different drivers. But you guys have, uh, from, from first to last, you've got good, good records. Do you like road courses? Well, I, I try to be as consistent as I can with them. It's just uh, that type of deal. Just try to be smooth as you can and run smooth as you can on them. It, you end up finishing more consistently. Well, I'll tell you, these guys, uh, like I said earlier, they get to sitting on poles very much. They're going to be tough to beat. They really are. But, you know, Dale Earnhardt last won two poles in a row back in 1979. It's been a while with pole wins at Richmond and Dover. But 79 was also the last time that Dale Earnhardt won a pole on a road course. He did that at Riverside, California. So maybe he'll be able to recap what happened uh, over a decade ago. If it's not been for Rusty Wallace and Ricky Rudd, Mark Martin would be the man who would probably have more wins than anybody on the road courses. He again qualified outstandingly well here this weekend, but there's a story behind that after a grinding crash here in practice on Thursday. Standing with Mark Martin is Jim Phillips from WNPC Radio in Newport, Tennessee. And even though Mark Martin had to go to a backup car, he still qualified in third position. And Mark, you had a good car sitting in the truck waiting on you. Really lucky, uh, you know, to have the guys and have the resources that will go to the trouble to build a, a brand-new road race car and put it in the top of the trailer and expect to never use it. That's a lot of work and a lot of money invested. Uh, we're, You know, I, I really feel luckier now than I ever have. Well, you took a pretty hard lick out there. How's your health? I'm in pretty good shape. I'm a little bit sore. It's not going to affect my race today. Uh, I've just, you know, I have felt better in the past a few days. How about this road course? Do you like this road course? Oh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, we really like racing here, and, and uh, this car's running great, and I believe that we've got a good shot at winning it. And, you know, what we're going to do is just try to bring that Folgers Thunderbird home, victory lane, and if we can't do that, we'll get what we can. 
That's Mark Martin, your current Winston Cup point leader by one point over Dale Earnhardt. Got to be a lot of pressure there running for a million dollars and the national driving title. Rusty Wallace, well, we've documented it since we came on the air about how his road race record has been one of the most outstanding over the years. Let's get his thoughts. Let's go back now to Dick Brooks. Well, first of all, we need to clear the air. When's your birthday, Rusty? It's Tuesday, I guess. Uh, a little premature, but it's always fallen on a Watkins Glen date, so it's a lot of fun coming up here. I've, uh, I've won this race twice on my birthday, and uh, that's no big deal, but it is kind of fun. You guys uh, certainly had some ups and downs lately, but uh, there's nobody stronger on uh, on uh, road courses than you guys have been over the last couple of years. You feel good today? Yeah, I really do feel good today. Dick, uh, Dick the car's running great. It's handling well. The motor's running well. Uh, did some adjustment on the gear ratios. We're right on there, I think. Um, Dale's strong and a bunch of others, so we'll just see what happens. I feel good. i tell you, we had dinner the other night, and uh, those guys, uh, he's got pumped anyway. I think they're going to. See a little different team here for the you know for the rest of the season anyway. Rusty's team is very very talented, no doubt about it. They're hitting on all eight cylinders right now. Yesterday here at Watkins Glen, there was a Trans Am Series race. Tom Kendall finished second. That in its own right is unusual because the driver from La Cañada, California, is right now leading the Trans Am Series in points. Normally ends up in victory lane, and he is a man who seriously could have won two Winston Cup races over the last couple of years, albeit for some bad luck. He has qualified his EDS Chevrolet in 10th spot, and Jim Phillips is with Tom Kendall. Tom, what is the difference between a Trans Am car and a Winston Cup car? Well, the main difference comes in the weight. You know, they're built to two completely different sets of rules, but the main difference comes down in the weight, and that's what affects the way they drive. The Winston Cup car is about 1,100 pounds heavier, and so uh, that just means it doesn't, even though the brakes are just as big, it doesn't quite stop as well, and it's not quite as nimble through some of the tighter corners. But uh, the Winston Cup car has got a lot more grunt down the straightaway, and uh, the top speed's higher. So, you know, the the lap times are really close, but it's just uh, two different ways about going about it. Well, you've really run good in this series as far as the Winston Cup cars, even though they're 3,500 pounds. How about today's race? Well, I'm real fortunate. You know, EDS has come on board. Even though it's only for a four-race schedule, it's a very serious four-race schedule. And uh, Mark Reno's Lumina is as good as any road course car out here. You know, Richard Childress was kind enough to uh, lend us or rent us a motor. And uh, so we're looking forward to a good finish. And you know, we ran real strong at Sears Point in the early going and weren't around for the end. So we just want to try to uh, prolong that a little bit and uh, be there for a top-five finish. That's young Tommy Kendall. If he's around at the finish, look for him to be in the top five here at the Bud at the Glen. And remember, this race last year, Tommy Kendall was leading the event after a lead-swapping battle between himself and Michael Waltrip. Eventually, both ended up in the guardrail, which is very, very close to the racing surface here. But that's how strongly Tommy Kendall has run on the road courses. The absolute best road racer, according to every, as far as the NASCAR drivers, you could talk to the entire garage area. They'll all say the smoothest road racer is Ricky Rudd. Let's get his thoughts and go back to Dick Brooks. Well, Ricky sure has. We mentioned earlier between him and Rusty Wallace, it's always a pretty good shootout in the race anyway. Ricky, how come, in your opinion, why do you do extremely, extremely well on, on road, road courses? You, you haven't had any experience in that other than in these cars, but what happened? Well, Dick, I, I don't really have an answer for it. I guess I've always liked racing on them. It just seems sort of natural to me. It's not like I, I have to work hard at it to go good. You know, sometimes you have to go to certain tracks and you work at it. This just seems to happen natural. And don't really have an answer if maybe maybe the go-kart racing or something, what I used to do when I was a young kid on these type of tracks. But, you know, those things were 250 pounds. It's a little bit different than these 3,500-pound race cars. But uh, I guess just being open-minded and uh, willing, for cha- willing to make changes. And, that's, and it's a compromise deal when you go to these road courses. Uh, they're not perfect. You have uh, 10, 12 different corners, and they're all different. So uh, you have to sort of finesse the car around it and, and uh, just live with it all day. 
when you get up in the morning and get ready to come to a race and it's a road course, do you feel more confident? Well, I used to, but I tell you, all these guys now are running so daggone fast. At one time, you used to feel like you could come here and not have to race a whole lot of guys, but uh, Rusty and I were just talking about it. You know, it used to be pretty, I'd say, easy, but you knew you had to race three or four guys, and now there's probably 10, 12 guys that's going to run good today, and uh, I don't think anybody's going to walk away with it. So it's getting more difficult to run or to have an advantage on these tracks. The guys are learning how to drive better. The crews are learning how to set the cars up, and there are no secrets in the transmission ratios anymore, and it's just getting tougher all the time. Well, it sure is. I tell you, the racing has uh, gotten tougher over the last four or five years in any racetrack, and especially on the road courses. These guys are learning what makes it work. And track position is so very vital. That's a story we'll be uh, following up on throughout the course of this afternoon. Let's backtrack a bit to Thursday. You've heard us mention a couple of times already on our broadcast the fact that there was a grinding crash at around 3.30 in the afternoon here Thursday, an accident involving Troy Beebe, the young driver from Modesto, California, along with Mark Martin and Dick Trickle. It has been much documented by now in many areas of the country that when Beebe's car spun, he was eventually hit rather severely by both the Dick Trickle car and the machine driven by Mark Martin. Beebe was airlifted to a hospital in Pennsylvania where he is currently being listed in serious condition. That's been upgraded from uh, critical. He is in serious condition now, being observed in the intensive care unit. Dick Trickle will start the Tropartic uh, machine here this afternoon, but after one lap, he is expected to turn the driving chores over to Dorsey Schrader. No relation to Ken Schrader. Dorsey Schrader is the former Trans Am Series champion, just coming off a fine run in the IROC Series, concluded a week ago. Mark Martin, as you've already heard, although still a bit uh, beaten and bruised, is aboard the Folgers Ford, and he'll run the length of the race here this afternoon. Here's the starting lineup. Going shotgun on the field is Butch Miller from Coopersville, Michigan. The Planters, Peanut Chevrolet. 39th is John Alexander, the ARCA driver from Elmira, New York, in the Curly's Chicken House Ford. 38th is J.D. McDuffie of Sanford, North Carolina, in his own racing Pontiac. 37th is Oma Kimbrell, a road racing specialist from Tyrone, Pennsylvania, in the Topps Friendly Markets Buick. 36th is Jerry O'Neill of Auburn, New York. He's driving D.K. Ulrich's nice and easy Pontiac. 35th is Rick Ware, who takes over this weekend from Rick Mast in the Kingswood, Texas driver. He's in the Otter Pops Pontiac. In 34th is Jimmy Means of Huntsville, Alabama, the Alka-Seltzer Pontiac. 33rd, Dick Trickle of Wisconsin Rapids, Wisconsin. He will start the Trop Arctic Pontiac to turn the driving chores over to the series leader in the Trans Am, or the defending champion, I should say, that being Dorsey Schrader. 32nd is Tommy Riggins of Jacksonville, Florida, the Chapel Lumber Oldsmobile. And 31st is Jimmy Spencer of Berwick, Pennsylvania, the Heinz Pontiac. 30th position belongs to Dave Marcus of Wausau, Wisconsin, in the Big Apple Market Chevrolet. 29th, Rick Wilson out of Bartow, Florida, the Dinner Bell Foods Oldsmobile. Richard Petty starts 28th from Ranama, North Carolina, the STP Pontiac. Harry Gant is starting 27th this afternoon. He's from Taylorsville, North Carolina, the Skull Bandit Oldsmobile. Dale Jarrett will be the 26th starter from Hickory, North Carolina, in the Sitco Ford. The Snickers Buick with Bobby Hillen of Midland, Texas, starts 25th. 24th is Greg Sachs of Mattituck, New York in the ultra-slim-fast racing Chevrolet. Morgan Shepard goes 23rd. He's from Conover, North Carolina, the Motorcraft Ford. 
And the Kodak Film Chevrolet, driven by Ernie Irvin of Modesto, California, will be starting 22nd. Davey Allison, the second-round fastest qualifier, is locked in in 21st starting spot out of Hueytown, Alabama, in the Haviland Ford. All 40 cars now rolling off the pit lane, heading down towards turn number one. They'll make two laps on this 2.428-mile track before we go green. Starting 20th is Cyril Vandermerva from Port Elizabeth, South Africa. That's Darrell Waltrip's Tied Chevrolet. 19th is Rob Moroso of Madison, Connecticut, the Crown Oldsmobile. 18th starter is Irv Hare from Peoria, Illinois. Another road racing standout in the Skoll Classic Wheels Auto Oldsmobile. 17th is Sterling Marlin of Columbia, Tennessee, the Sunoco Ultra Oldsmobile. Going 16th is Hut Strickland. He's in the Robestus Brakes Buick. Hut is from Calera, Alabama. 15th is Dick Johnson of Brisbane, Australia. Super qualifying run in the Red Coat Ford. 14th is Kyle Petty of Randleman, North Carolina, the Peak Pontiac. Going 13th is a local favorite, Brett Bodine from just down the road in Chemung, New York, the Quaker State Buick. 12th starter is Ricky Rudd out of Chesapeake, Virginia, the Levi Garrett Chevrolet. And 11th is Ken Schrader of Fenton, Missouri, the Kodiak car. Starting in 10th position, Tom Kendall. We heard from him a moment ago from La Caneda, California. He's in the electronic data system Chevrolet. The Z-Rex Ford of Alan Kulwicki from Greenfield, Wisconsin, will be 9th in the starting order. Starting 8th is Michael Waltrip of Owensboro, Kentucky, the Country Time Racing Pontiac. Starting 7th, Derek Cope of Spanaway, Washington, in the Pure Later Filters Chevrolet. The 6th starter, Bill Elliott out of Dawsonville, Georgia, in the Coors Melling Thunderbird. Starting 5th, Jeff Bodine of Chemung, New York, in the Budweiser Ford. The 4th starter is Rusty Wallace of St. Louis, Missouri, in the Miller Genuine Draft Racing Pontiac. 3rd in the field this afternoon, Mark Martin from Batesville, Arkansas, in the Folgers Coffee Ford. And on the front row outside pole, Terry Labonte from Corpus Christi, Texas, in the Skoll Classic Oldsmobile. Dale Earnhardt is on the pole out of Kannapolis, North Carolina, the GM Goodrich Chevrolet. And that's a look at the starting lineup. 90 laps of racing, 219 miles. The fifth annual Budweiser at the Glen from Watkins Glen, New York, is next. NASCAR Today is produced by MRN Radio and sponsored by Goody's Headache Powders and Extra Strength Tablets, the official pain reliever of NASCAR. From Watkins Glen International, this is MRN Radio. Right now at O'Reilly Auto Parts, pick up five quarts of Castrol Edge or Valvoline full synthetic motor oil for $28.95 and get a $10 O'Reilly Auto Parts gift card by mail. Protect your engine from sludge and wear with Castrol Edge and Valvoline full synthetic at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Whatever you drive, wherever you go, Hercules Tires will get you there. Whether you're running on dirt or running a job. Our dependable, high-quality tires are the perfect fit for your needs. For unmatched value, selection, and warranty with industry-leading road hazard protection, there's only one choice, Hercules Tires. To learn more, visit HerculesTire.com or call 800-677-9535. Hercules Tires, right on our strength. 
From the racetrack to the road home, fill up with Sunoco, the official fuel of NASCAR. Sunoco makes high-quality performance fuels for the greatest drivers in the world, both on and off the track. Whether you are pulling up to the pump or experiencing the excitement of being at the track on race day, this will be a four-tire change. They've already topped it off with Sunoco fuel. Side service complete, second can of Sunoco fuel in. He's down and away. You can trust Sunoco to be the fuel that keeps you going. Capture the essence of racing and fill up with the official fuel of NASCAR, Sunoco. MRN Radio presents the NASCAR Winston Cup Series. Today, the Budweiser at the Glen. Welcome back to Watkins Glen International, set for the Budweiser at the Glen. You'll be hearing from David Hyatt, Joe Moore, Alan Bestwick, Fred Armstrong, and Dan Hubbard around the seven-turn road course for the start. Here's Barney Hall. They come down the line. We are under green. They'll sweep in the short shoot, head off, and then drop down the hill and go in tight turn number one. Let's go to the number one corner. Side by side, they'll head into turn number one. Earnhardt will have the advantage over Terry Labonte. He'll lead him through single file. Then it's Mark Martin. Side by side go Rusty Wallace and Bill Elliott, and they stretch out behind them to lead Earnhardt gets a three-car length advantage now over Terry Labonte. Falling third in line now is Mark Martin. Then it's Rusty Wallace. He's fourth. Bill Elliott is fifth. Sixth is Jeff Bodine. Seventh is Derek Coke. Then it's Michael Walker with Alan Kowicki on the backstretch. They roll out onto the back straightaway. 2,500 feet. Hammer down high gear. Now approaching the end of the straightaway. Downshifting from fourth to third. Earnhardt, ten car lengths over Labonte. Rusty Wallace makes a bid for third. Rusty Wallace takes a look to the inside for just a moment, but he'll drop back in line. Martin Martin will hold on to the third spot as they head down the hill. Swinging out wide out of turn five. It is Dale Earnhardt opening up a big lead over the rest of the Winston Cup field. They've got about a quarter mile straight away to turn six. Earnhardt now bringing it down from 150 miles an hour down to about 90 from fourth to third. Has about five car lengths over Terry Labonte. Martin is third. Wallace fourth. Elliott is fifth. Bodine is sixth. They go around turn seven to start finish. A good scramble between Kenny Schrader and Tommy Kendall in the EDS Chevrolet midway through the field. Rack around eighth position. Earnhardt leads by six car lengths. Then Labonte, Mark Martin, Wallace, and Elliott, Jeff Bodine, Derek Cope, Michael Waltrip, Kowicki, and then Ricky Rudd in that order downhill to turn number one. Stretching it out. Now Earnhardt drops to the bottom of the racetrack as he takes the hard right-hander through one, and he'll lead the field downhill to two. The only battle side by side is back for about the 12th position. That's where Kyle Petty runs off the racetrack as it comes downhill. He'll lose three positions. Brett Bodine and Irv Hare go by. Also, the car of Mike Alexander makes a move around the car of Kyle Petty as he finally now gets it back up the speed. They string it out up the front, about five car lengths, separating each of about the first 12 cars now as they come down the back straightaway, watching a battle for about the 10th position as Alan Kowicki looks underneath Michael Waltrip. Kowicki takes the inside line, but Michael Waltrip will defend that line as he comes into the corner. Waltrip sits back into single file. Everybody single file as they head down the right-hander and back down the hill. And now Labonte is starting to close the gap. This is the battle for the lead. Labonte brings it down the short stretch just before the left-hand turn six. And Labonte has definitely closed the gap to about three car lengths. He's able to break a little bit later than Earnhardt. And again, he breaks later into turn seven. So Labonte already challenging for the lead. Terry Labonte is one of the smoothest road racers also. You put him in the same classification you do Ricky Rudd. The interval now between Dale Earnhardt and Terry Labonte, about eight car lengths. Meanwhile, Mark Martin is still third. Rusty Wallace is fourth. It's a ways back to Bill Elliott and Jeff Bodine as they work back to turn number one. Front four cars go nose to tail into the 90-degree right-hander before they head downhill. Earnhardt brings it up to the high side of the racetrack, drops the left rear wheel off to keep it in line, and then they're in two. Ricky 
right, about to make a move on Alan Kowicki. He got underneath Kowicki as they came into turn number two, but now they'll sort it out back into single file. Heading on to the head end of the back straightaway, it's Earnhardt leading the way. Earnhardt showing some muscle down the back straightaway now. He spreads a couple of car lengths on Labonte while they're under the gas, but Labonte showing a little uh, later braking as they enter the corner. Gains that couple of car lengths back now as they head down to five and six. Terry Labonte will make it nose to tail. They'll come down to the end of the straightaway, make that right-hand turn 180 degrees as they decelerate to about 90 miles an hour and head back down the hill. Earnhardt leads. An early pattern is starting to establish. Earnhardt does have some straightaway muscle, but perhaps the Labonte automobile is doing better through the corners, and he's got better brakes at this point. Again, Earnhardt has to slow down way before Labonte does. This allows Terry to close the gap. He's two car lengths behind Dale Earnhardt. Martin holds down the third spot, and a close fourth is Rusty Wallace. One of the best battles on the track now. Back at 10th spot has Ricky Rudd trying to make a move inside and outside of Michael Waltrip. He can't make that pass go as Earnhardt continues to lead. An early pit stop for Oma Kimbrough, the road racing ace, has the hood up on the Linro machine on pit road. Also a smoking car. That's Jerry O'Neill's efforts here this weekend. He has been black flagged by NASCAR. He'll be coming in for consultation in a moment. Let's go to Dick Brooks. Well, Omar Kimbrell's uh, car said that they uh, think it's the distributor. They just quit running on them. They're going to change the distributor anyway. That's the update on Kimbrough's machine. Oma runs a good bit of Trans Am Series racing, Firestone Firehawk competition, and the like. Unscheduled stop early for Kyle Petty as Gary Nelson and the crew go to work on the Peak Pontiac. They'll be changing left side tires here. The left sides are up and off. They'll put in a fill of Unical racing fuel. But in the early going, this is a situation that can happen. When you get off the course, as any road course is the case, uh, you can really uh, end up with a major problem as Kyle smokes his way out of the pit lane. There's no doubt that's why he came onto pit road. He ran off the course in the early going here this afternoon. He makes an unscheduled pit stop, and he has lost track position, a bunch of it. He's going to have to play catch-up all day long. You always do on a road course if you get back toward the tail end of the pack, and that's where Kyle Petty is. Let's pick up the leaders on the course. Down the front straightaway now, it's going to be Dale Earnhardt headed under the Goodyear Bridge, or rather the Winston Cup Bridge. He heads down single file with the field in tow to turn number one, the 90-degree right-hander known as the 90. On back for fourth position, Rusty Wallace makes the pass now around Mark Martin to take over third, and he'll fall in nose to tail behind Terry Labonte. Good battle also going on for the fifth position. That's where Jeff Bodine is trying to take over Bill Elliott, but he's not going to be able to make the move for now. Coming uphill now into turn number three, it's Earnhardt leading the way. Labonte still right on his rear deck. Then it's Rusty Wallace and Mark Martin, about 10 car lengths back to where Bill Elliott rides, along with the Jeff Bodine car. So those front four cars break away now as they come down the back straightaway, separating themselves by a good piece of racetrack. Then behind that fourth and fifth battle between Elliott and Bodine, we run back to sixth place to Wiki, seventh place Ricky Rudd, and now a challenge for eighth as they enter turn five. Mike Walter trying to take over that eighth spot. Derek Cope comes on by. Walter passes to slip back into line. They'll come off the corner single file as they head down the hill. And using up all of the racetrack was Dale Earnhardt. He really swung out wide coming out of five. He feels the pressure now from Terry Labonte. Also from Rusty Wallace. We expected this from Rusty. He's such a good road racer and he's moving up early. He's challenging for the second spot. He's challenging Terry Labonte as they go to start finish. Lap number five on the board here at Watkins Glen International. Underneath the Winston Cup Series bridge, Earnhardt is the race leader. Labonte now four car lanes back. Rusty Wallace and Mark Martin next in line. It's in about a second back to Bill Elliott on pit road. Jerry O'Neill is in. The hood is up on that car. They're still working on the Oma Kimbrough machine. And they're also looking again at the uh, Kyle Petty car. But that car continues on the racetrack now well behind everybody after the unscheduled stop. The leaders are through the S's going 
going uphill, heading down that long back straightaway towards turn five. Dale Earnhardt flashes out to about a sixth car length lead now as they come down this back straightaway. Again, those front four cars have broken a good distance back. We'll put Wallace in second, and there'll be a challenge for third. Briefly, Mark Martin looks to the inside of Labonte, then he'll fall back in line single file. All single file as they hit the corner now. Mark Martin tucks back in line. Still a good battle behind between Bill Elliott and the Jeff Bodine machine, but single file nose to tail off the corner. Dale Earnhardt now enjoys the biggest lead he's had for quite a while. He comes off turn five. He's got about six car lengths off that corner. That was not the case before. Rusty Wallace now sits in second, so something is not right on the Labonte car as he slowly moves back. Mark Martin is able to close the gap from fourth, but Earnhardt now will feel the pressure from Rusty Wallace. We told you a moment ago there were several cars in the pits. Let's get a report first from Dick Brooks. The uh, O'Neill car has got an oil leak on it. They uh, uh, was blowing out the breather cap. They're trying to get it fixed and get it going. The uh, 13 car of uh, Omen uh, uh, Kimbrell, they got it back on the racetrack. They had to change the distributor on it. And as far as the Dick Trickle change that we had expected very early to be replaced by Dorsey Schrader, there's been no driver change yet, Dick Brooks. Uh, what's the story there? Well, Doug Williams, I spoke to him, and he said he was not going to change drivers until uh, unless unless Trickle's foot really got to hurting. He was going to try to stay in the car until they had a caution flag so they wouldn't have such a loss. And an unscheduled stop for Ernie Irvin. The Kodak Film Chevrolet is in, Jim Phillips. And they bring it in and bring it on uh, new tires around the left side, but they don't put any tires on. Tony Glover and the crew looking the car over, and Tony's talking to his driver, Ernie Irvin. Now they go around to the right side of the automobile. They're putting in gasoline. And they bring the tires around the other side, so uh, they're not putting any tires in, just gasoline. They thought they had a flat tire, and now he's down and away. See if we can get the story also on Kyle Petty's pit stop. Gary Montgomery? One of the first cars in was uh, Kyle Petty, and we're with Gary Nelson, the crew chief. Gary, what was the problem? The left rear tire had a puncture. um, Just one of those things that happened. Uh, Right now, we're just trying to keep from getting a lap down. Uh, We're still in the lead lap, and we're about 15 seconds ahead of the leader. We're running about the same speed as the leader. I think we're okay. Now you're watching the stopwatch and smiling. I noticed that. Well, yeah, we gained a little on the leader the first couple laps. Now we're breaking even with the leader. So the caution comes out anytime the next 10 laps or so. We'll get, come back around. Gary Nelson and the beat crew watching their driver work his way back through traffic. Rusty Wallace is currently the race leader ahead of Trouble Dale Earnhardt. Down in turn one, two cars get together. Jeff Bodine and Ricky Rudd side by side, synchronized spinning through turn one. They get looped all the way around and come to rest on the track. Everybody gets by with no harm, and they spin it back around and get going way back in the pack now. Now, a reminder to you that if you're new to road course racing, if there is an incident in one particular corner of the racetrack, you will see the trackside workers begin waving the yellow flag in that area of the racetrack, but only in that area. It really would take a major mess on the racetrack to have a full course caution. That's when the flag is put out by Doyle Ford at the flag stand at the start-finish line. Ernie Irvin brought the Kodak Film Chevy back to the pits again. Jim Phillips, what are their problems now? Well, the problem is uh, with the axle. They're going to try to change the axle of the automobile. And they have to go to the garage here to do it. They're going to lose a lot of time. That's a story on Ernie Irvin. He, too, will have a long day here at Watkins Glen. They hope to win this race. Good battle going on at the front of the pack. That lead change a moment ago put Rusty Wallace up there as they work down the hill toward turn one. Wallace leads the way. He's picked up some five or six car lengths now at the second-place driver, who now is Terry Labonte. Sliding up into the third spot is Mark Martin. Earnhardt has dropped back to the fourth position. It's ten car lengths back to Bill Elliott. He rides in the fifth spot. Several car lengths back to Alan Kowicki. He's sixth. Kenny Schrader is seventh. Michael Waltham is eighth. Irv Hare 
there in the ninth spot. The riding tenth now is Derek Cope there on the back stretch. Wallace hard on the brakes now already at the end of the back straightaway and into turn five. All single file, the leaders coming in contact with some traffic as they go down the hill, the hard right-hander 180 degrees and head on back to turn six. Wallace comes out of turn five, moves the car from the left to the right using all of the racetrack. Again, he's got about a quarter mile straight so he can set up for this left-hand turn six. Wallace enjoys about a far five-car length advantage over the second spot, Terry Labonte. Now, Mark Martin is pressuring hard from third. He's right on Labonte's bumper. Earnhardt is falling back. He is in fourth and off the pace. Looking at the rear of Jeff Bodine's car, there is a bleak duct that is dragging from behind that automobile. It's no problem to the race car, but they do duct air to the braking systems here on the road courses, and many of the oval tracks, for that matter, to help keep those brakes as... Uh, Cool There's trouble in turn can. six, trouble in turn Davey Allison, Davey Allison attempting a pass at the exit of turn six, got a couple of tires off to the grassy area, which is to the driver's right. Davey lost control of the car, he slid on the grass, lost a lot of time, and now he gets back on the course right in front of Harry Gant. That was a close moment, but Davey is back on the track, and he'll be coming around to start finish. Dick Trickle's car is on pit road. We're watching to see if there's a driver change. Dick Brooks is there. Yes, there is going to be a driver's change. They were going to try to stay out as long as he could or until a caution, and uh, his uh, foot's hurting him so bad, they're going to take him out. In fact, they're picking him up and carrying him uh, back over the wall here. We'll be with him just in a minute. So Dick Trickle, who was injured in that crash here on Thursday afternoon, is now out of the car, and Dorsey Schrader is aboard as a driver. Dorsey Schrader, had you set a goal to run Winston Cup this year or next year or even in 1992? What were the plans? Well, the IROC series really helped us open some doors, and, uh, and we did pretty well there, so... That, that helped us, and there was discussion already about doing some uh, some Winston Cup next year and maybe some ARCA races to get just get some lap times on these different tracks that I haven't been on before and more time on an oval. Um, so I would say that I would have been in something next year anyway, but we would like to maybe look at a forecast of 92 full season if possible. Those are the thoughts of Dorsey Schrader. No relations to Ken Schrader. Dorsey Schrader of the Trans Am Series. And Dick Brooks is standing still in the Dick Trickle pit area. I believe he's got Dick with him. Well, Trickle's standing here talking to Doug Williams. Conversing uh, about something. Dick, they said you're going to try to stay until a caution or until uh, your foot started hurting. Well, no. I made a deal with NASCAR. That, you know, if I could drive real good, I'd come in about the time they're going to lap me, and uh, I got caught on the outside, had to make one extra lap. But, you know, just out of respect for the other drivers and stuff, I just figured I need to get out of the way and let the relief driver in because I you know, I'll have a little trouble. You know, next week we'll be all right. We just have to get through this week. All right, well, he's out of the race. We are seeing an awful lot of early pit stops. Bobby Hillen Jr. in just a moment ago. Greg Sachs is on pit road along with Dale Jarrett. As Rusty Wallace continues as the race leader, setting a pretty torrid pace at this point. Other cars are laying back just a bit further. Uh, Terry Labonte for one. Jim Phillips, is there a problem with his car or is he just biding his time? I talked to a car owner, Richard Jackson. He said that Terry has just fallen back just a bit because he thinks that the pace he was going before, the brakes would not hold out. So he's fallen back to run a comfortable pace where the brakes will hold to the end of this race. And right now, as the leader crosses the start-finish line, there is an interval of 3.12 seconds between Rusty Wallace and Mark Martin. So, indeed, Rusty Wallace is setting a pace around here that the rest of the teams are going to find awfully hard to live with for a while. Just a moment ago, John Alexander, the Elmira, New York driver, went to the garage area. Let's see if Gary Montgomery has caught up with him. I'm with him, and uh, John from nearby Elmira hoping for a good showing, but unfortunately, the garage is not the place to do it. What's wrong with the number 04? Well, Gary, we've... Uh 
loss of valve cover gaskets and we're dripping oil down on manfolds, creating a lot of smoke in the cockpit um, off the motor. So they're working on it, going to try to get you back in? Yeah, absolutely. They're going to get us back in and we'll take it around and see if that'll solve the problem for us. John Alexander will be back. And a series of unscheduled stops for Jimmy Means in the Alka-Seltzer car. Davey Allison is Trouble also in. Trouble turn five. One car hard into the wall. It's Greg Sachs. He smacks the outside retaining wall, goes into the tires. The car went up about five feet into the air and now has come to rest. Wheels down. The crews are beginning to come to the scene, and the yellow flag is out here in turn five, but it was an awfully hard shot. Greg Sachs came into the corner, got a little bit sideways, got two tires off to the inside of the racetrack, and the car literally shot to the left-hand side of the track, driver's left, all the way off and went straight into the tire wall. Once again, crews are on the scene. Greg Sachs' car has come to a rest. It has put us under caution, a full course caution here at lap number 16. Again, Greg Sachs having problems over in turn number five. And as we were saying, Jimmy Means has been in for an extended stay on pit road, Dick. He's got an oil leak uh, similar to what they said a while ago. A couple of the other cars have. There's oil running out from under the car like a valve cover or blowing out the breathers. Dale Jarrett came in a while ago. Leonard Wood said that he had a flat tire, but it went flat right in the front straightaway. He had to go all the way around. They lost an awful lot of time changing it. Now, this caution has got to be a break for an awful lot of drivers that were beginning to fall way back behind the leader and losing an awful lot of time. And I imagine the pit road is going to be a busy place here in just a few moments. Again, we're under the first caution flag of the afternoon. It happened when Greg Sachs had a problem over in turn number five. For an update there, let's go back to Fred Armstrong. Well, you could see it coming on as he came down the straightaway. Greg Sachs had to get on the brakes really hard. The car drifted out to the outside of the racetrack. He got a couple of wheels off there, got her straightened around, and then started down the hill. Now, this turn is where Jeff Bodine had a problem last year. He did about the same thing in a different place. The car just shot straight off the racetrack. When you get off here in turn five, you hit the grass, and there's no scrubbing off speed. It almost seems like you gain speed as you come off the corner. Greg Sachs got the right side wheels off up on the berm here, shot off to the left side of the racetrack, off onto the grass. It's about 25 feet over to the retaining wall. He hit the wall at some 80 to 90 miles an hour. The car shot up into the air and came back down on its wheels. Now, since uh, we came back, Greg Sachs has climbed out of his car. They put him into the ambulance and transported him away, but he got out of the car under his own power. Right now, they're putting out a small fire, a small grass fire, as a lot of fluid is coming out of the machine. The safety crews are on the scene. They have the fire put out. They're just about set to put it on the plateau. Just about Everyone has elected to come out of pit row. Let's go to Jim Phillips. Rusty Wallace, the first car in. They go to the left side first, and now around to the right side. They're going to change all four tires. The same for the Dale Earnhardt crew. Four tires. Terry Labonte is in. Mark Martin is in. Jeff Bodine is in. Bill Elliott is in. Jerry Cope and Michael Waldrop, all for four tires and gasoline. Dick Brooks. Kenny Schrader was the first car in here. They got him back down on four-tire change and, and full of gas. Uh, the car... Car net. on the other side, Dick Johnson right side of, or left side on his cars. Rob Moroso goes out with left side tires. And uh, just about everybody's going to try to check their tires if they've been off the racetrack. This is an awful good time to find out if there's anything wrong with them. And a driver change affected in the Big Apple Market Machine. Dave Marcus is helped from the car. He is replaced by Jim Sauter of Nacita, Wisconsin, who will go the rest of the way in that blue and white machine. We are currently working the first full course caution of the afternoon. It came out two laps ago when Greg Sachs slammed off the course at turn five. We're now on lap number 18. Pit stops continue for some. Ernie Irvin has returned from the garage area. The Kodak Film Chevrolet is back on the track with J.D. McDuffie now in for service. Likewise, the Jerry O'Neill and Jim Sauter cars. Meanwhile, there's a bit of added action down near the Michael
Michael Waltrip pit area. Let's get an update from Jim Phillips. We have a crewman down. Eli was struck uh, in this last series of pit stops. He is down. He's moving around. Uh, the emergency personnel are here. They're getting ready to move him and uh, transport him uh, to the medical center. And we'll keep you posted there as we get any more information from Pit Road on that situation. Rusty Wallace is being posted as the leader. Dale Earnhardt is being shown in second. Mark Martin would be third. Apparently Bill Elliott fourth and look like Kenny Schrader round out the top five. Davey Allison, who had pitted just prior to the caution, is being shown on the tail end of the lead lap. Let's check with Gary Montgomery in the garage. I'm with Harry Hyde, and uh, his driver, Bobby Hiller, was in for an extended stop. What was the problem, Harry? Uh, we had a tire to equalize, and he shucked some stuff loose on the left side. We were putting it back together. It uh, equalized and done a, a, a lot of vibrating over there, and it, it just sh- it shucked some of the brake ducts and stuff loose. Everything okay now? Well, it looks pretty good now. Harry Hyde watching his driver, Bobby Hillen. Remember, at Sears Point back in June, it was uh, Bobby Hillen who had a strong fifth-place finish in the uh, road race there. And that kind of turned the season around as far as the Snickers Buick racing team is concerned. So we'll get uh, a further update uh, on Hillen's situation as our afternoon continues. Let's check back on pit road with Jim Phillips. Still working on the crew member for Michael Waltrip. As a matter of fact, they're trying to turn him over now to get him ready for a stretcher. Uh, The personnel still working with him, and we'll keep you posted. All the information we can pass along to you right now, as we said, we will keep you abreast as soon as we get anything else on the injured crewman as to his condition and an identity on who it is. At this point, the uh, scoreboard here at Watkins Glen is posting and, well, could be Irv Hare as the race leader. The driver from Peoria, Illinois, pitted a couple of laps before everybody else. He pitted on lap number 14. He and Jimmy Means came in together on that lap and then everybody else pitted on lap 18 in the aftermath of the caution. So Irv Hare is being shown at this moment as the race leader ahead of Rusty Wallace, Dale Earnhardt, and Mark Martin. Eli? Yes, Dick? Uh, Dave Marcus is here. Dave, Dave, you got to get out of the car again. How's your leg doing, by the way? Dick, my leg is doing excellent. I do have the doctor's permission to drive the entire race. However, I, I just feel it wouldn't be the thing to do if I was to get involved in an accident and mess up all the good progress that I've had in it in the last five weeks. It's doing excellent. Uh, I plan on going the whole race at Michigan, but I just feel like here it's better to put Jim in the car. Everything's going smooth. We're running along real well. All right. Well, good luck to you, boy. Good luck to Michigan. Thank you. That's where, of course, our MRN microphones will be next weekend at the Michigan International Speedway. We've got a racing doubleheader for you next weekend on Saturday. Actually, if you want to stretch it a bit, it's a tripleheader because next Saturday we've got our Bush Pole Show beginning at 1 o'clock Eastern time followed almost immediately by the Michigan 200 for the ARCA Permatech Series. Many of you around the country might have printed schedules from your local MRN affiliate, and it will not be listing the Michigan 200 the way the ARCA Series has been going this year. The competition has been so strong, we have added this race to the schedule. The Michigan 200 at 1.45 Eastern Time next Saturday afternoon from Michigan International Speedway. Then Sunday afternoon, one week from today, the Champion Spark Plug 400 beginning at 12 noon Eastern Time. The ticket office is open. We'll also remind you, if you're in the area, on Thursday evening, our This Week in NASCAR television show will be from the Ann Arbor Marriott in Ann Arbor, Michigan, so we'd love to see you there. 
Today we're bringing you live coverage of the Budweiser at the Glen, and this broadcast is brought to you under exclusive radio rights granted by Watkins Glen International to MRN Radio. Solely for the private, non-commercial use of our listening audience, any publication, reproduction, or the use of the description or accounts of this race without the expressed written consent of NASCAR and MRN Radio is prohibited. Let's go back to Jim Phillips. They do have the young crewman on uh, the pad now, getting ready to move him onto a stretcher. They have his uh, neck secure. He does have some lacerations to his face, and we'll give you more further details just in a moment. Okay, well, Jim Phillips will keep us posted on that situation on pit road. Looks like we're getting ready to go back to green. They're working the 20th lap right now, so they'll take the green on lap number 21. Again, Irv Hare is now being posted as the leader. Remember, as Eli pointed out a moment ago, his pit stop came a little bit early out of sequence, and he did not come in the pits when everyone else did here, so that we were checking it out, and indeed he is being posted as a leader. Rusty Wallace will be in second spot. Dale Earnhardt is third. Mark Martin is fourth. John Alexander just returning from the garage area. The Elmira driver back on the racetrack. A quick update from the garage with Gary Montgomery. I'm standing alongside Jimmy Means, who's watching the crew work all over this Elka Seltzer Pontiac. What's wrong with it, Jimmy? Well, we blew a motor uh, yesterday, the last lap of practice, when we put the same motor that we qualified with back in there. But somehow we developed an oil leak, and uh, we don't know where it's an intake manifold or a valve covers or what, but we, we're trying to find it and get back out. Field is back under green as they head off into turn number one. Irv Hare is the leader. He's got Rusty Wallace right behind him, and right in front of him is Davey Allison, who's running on the tail end of the lead lap. They stretch it out single file now as they head for turn two. Riding in the third spot is Dale Earnhardt. He's made his way around the Oma Kimbrough car, one of the cars not on the lead lap. Now Mark Martin, likewise, along with Phil Elliott, make their move around to the outside of Kimbrough. Race leader Irv Hare takes him now onto the back stretch. Rusty Wallace right in Irv Hare's tire tracks now, setting his sights on the back of the Skull Oldsmobile as they come down to the end of the back straightaway. Wallace will sling to the inside. He'll try and make a bid for the lead under breaking. Side by side as they go into the corner. Rusty Wallace tries to also get around the Davy Allison machine, but no room there. He will, however, grab the lead away from Irv Hare as they head down the hill. Wallace has wasted no time reassuming the lead. He comes out of turn five, making the change up from fourth, from third to fourth gear. Now they get up to about 150 miles an hour or better before they approach the left-hand turn six. He still has Davy Allison just in front. He'd like to dispose of him as quickly as possible because Irv Hare is still right on his bumper. Earnhardt holds down the third spot. Mark Martin is fourth. Davey Allison is on the tail end of the lead lap, and that crew's done a lot of work all week long. They crashed during their qualifying run here on Friday. The car beaten and bruised, but still running now just ahead of the race leader, Rusty Wallace. Rusty Wallace drops out now to the inside as he heads for turn number one, takes that spot easily from Davey Allison, but Allison's not giving up so quickly. He'll pull back alongside along the inside. They head down the shoot into two. Side by side as they enter the S's. Quickly, though, they go back into single file. Davey Allison does get back around race leader, Rusty Wallace. Right on Wallace's tail is Irv Hare. Then it's Dale Earnhardt. All those cars single file. They're followed by Martin Martin, Bill Elliott, and Terry Labonte. Allison may be holding up Wallace because the rest of the cars behind him have bunched right up on Wallace's back bumper. They come to the end of the back straightaway, but Allison with some horsepower on this section of the track. He'll hold off Wallace this time. Four black cars nose to tail. Dale Earnhardt dives to the inside of Irv Hare. He'll grab the second spot away as he tucks in line behind Rusty Wallace. This has got to be frustrating for Rusty Wallace, but at the same time, you can't blame Davey Allison. He's trying to stay on the lead lap. He's just in front of Rusty. Rusty tucks in behind. May try a pass to the inside of the left-hand turn six. Looks to the inside. Cannot do it. Allison shuts the door. So Allison is still in front of Rusty. Rusty will try again to the inside of turn seven as they head towards start finish. That's a very difficult place to pass unless you can get the nose down to the inside, and that's exactly what Rusty does. But again, Allison stays on that throttle, and Rusty's not going to be able to get him. Quickly, let's check on pit road. 
The young crewman injured for Michael Waltrip was Barry Swift. He was struck by a gas can. He was struck in the side of the head with the gas can. He has a laceration to his head. They're taking him to the medical center to do x-rays. He is alert. He is talking to the crew. But they want to make sure that his neck and everything is all right. But young Barry Swift took quite a lick to the head with a gas can. So that is a report we get from Pitt Road on the crew member from Michael Waltrip's team again. Barry Swift hit with a gas can. And if we get any other details, we will pass them along to you. The lead is still held by Rusty Wallace. Dale Earnhardt is now second, Irv Hare third, and Mark Martin fourth. The Tide Chevrolet ends up off course, but now gets going again in the vicinity of Dan Hubbard at turn seven. Cyril Vandermerva, who's driving the Tide ride this afternoon, was coming down, entering uh, the turn six area. He was tapped from behind as he was trying to brake. Lost control of the car. The car went to driver's right. He tapped the guardrail pretty good and did some uh, body damage to the right front. He has the car on pit road right now. The crew swarms over the wall and go to work on it. Let's see if we can get a report up there. We'll check that out in just a moment as they have a lot of smoke out of the car, but apparently it looks to be cosmetic damage. Mostly they'll pull some of that sheet metal away and likely will get him back onto the racetrack. Right front is pretty well caved in on the Tide Chevrolet, and the work continues from Jeff Hammond and the crew. They are in the very first pit just after you come under off Winston Cup Series Bridge and begin the pit lane. That's where service is taking place now. 23 laps are, rather 25 laps now complete as the lead is still held by the Rusty Wallace machine in the garage area. Greg Sachs has taken a look at the ultra slim fast car. Let's see if we get any comments from Greg. Well, Greg, the car is a mess. You're obviously okay because it's also what happened. Well, yeah, I'm doing fine. Uh, you know, it was a real tough break for the ultra slim fast team. I head down into turn five and just about the time was a critical point where it's time to go to the brakes. All of a sudden I felt the tire start to vibrate and I knew I had a tire going down. I radioed in even at that point that the uh, tire was going down. I don't know if I'm going to make it. I was fortunate it didn't just blow all the way though because it enabled me to get part way around a turn and it scrubbed off at least some of the speed so the impact wasn't quite as bad as it might have been. Well, I'm certainly glad for you that you scrubbed off some of it because the car is an absolute uh, write-off. Yeah, I knew that from the impact on the wall. I just thank God we're still here and ready to go next week. So that leaves only a couple of cars that are now in the garage area. Greg Sachs is out due to an accident. Jimmy Means had a motor problem a moment ago, and he is behind the wall also. Ernie Irvin spent some time in the garage area along with John Alexander, but they have both returned to the race. Let's pick up the leaders on the course. Leaders are now entering turn seven. It is Wesley Wallace with Irv Hare. Irv Hare is trying to get around the slower car of Davey Allison. So as they work themselves back towards the start-finish line, Rusty Wallace continuing to show the way. Everybody's driving style is different on the road course. Some drivers use the clutch pedal to help shift gears. Others who also use the Jericho transmission, the transmission of choice here, just chose not to use the clutch. Rusty Wallace, do you use the clutch pedal or don't you? No, I, I use the clutch all the time. There's a lot of guys that jam it and go, but if I tried that, I'd get her. I'd break it probably. I use the clutch just to make... Uh, sure, and I can get myself into corners a lot, lot better by using the clutch. I can get down in there deep and in uh, downshift and bring the motor up in its RPM, and 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 the whole time this is all happening in a millisecond, you know. But I mean, uh, I can do that whole deal, and that, that'll help me. One driver now really starting to make a move. Mark Martin and Irv Hare, along with Jeff Bodine and Bill Elliott, beginning to make moves to themselves. They're heading towards Fred Armstrong near turn six. They'll go down the hill and head around turn six, still side by side as they head to seven. Coming down the short stretch towards seven, you can see Bodine trying to move to the end. Peddler. A lot of shoving and banging going on into seven. Who's going to come out on top? It is Bodine as he just gets in front of Bill Elliott. Rudd is behind him, and Schrader is pushing Rudd into turn seven. Meanwhile, Hare and Bill Elliott are having their own battle towards start-finish. 
back in the pack, not at the lead of the pack, is where all the action is going on as we see the Darrell Walker car with Saul Vandemerver going back onto the raceway. We'll get a report there as to exactly what they did to that car in just a moment. Should be a good battle down at turn one. Battle is for third position. Irv Hare has the spot right now. Mark Martin is trying to get it. He'll look to the inside, but can't do anything. Battle for third settles down, but further back in the battle for fourth. That's a good one. Terry Labonte is there. Directly behind him, the Ricky Rudd car. They are, however, separated by two or slower cars. The Daily Allison machine, also the Dick Trickle car. Jeff O'Donnell also in the thick of that battle. They'll sort it out. Single file in the back stretch. Rusty Wallace and Dale Earnhardt have just left that group of cars now. We're still watching the battle for third. Mark Martin will try again to the inside of Irv Hare at the end of the back stretch. Side by side as they hit turn five. Mark Martin will get the advantage in the corner. Irv Hare has to settle back behind. They'll tuck back in line as they head down the hill. Now both of these cars followed Davey Allison for the longest time, but now they have gotten around him. Martin swings out wide out of five, gets a couple of tires off into the dirt as he has done all afternoon. Just has about a half car length. Over, there he is, comes down into turn six over Irv Hare. Her, Hare not able to close the gap this time around, but now he breaks later into the turn seven and he's right back up on the bumper of Mark Martin. So we continue to put laps on the board. 28 now complete. We've seen a series of unscheduled pit stops here in the last short while. We told you Sterling Marlin and Dale Jarrett were in for service back on lap 23. And moments ago, actually now leaving the pit lane, Dorsey Schrader, who's been driving in relief of Dick Trickle. Uh, Dick Brooks, what's the story about all these unscheduled stops? Well, they had the hood up on the car. They're working underneath it trying to get some water into it. The car... Uh is overheating a little bit, and uh, they're just trying to spray some water in it. One thing that happens maybe when they came in and changed drivers, they had to shut it off, and sometimes that'll belch out some water, and uh, and it just uh, won't run quite as cool as it should be. Uh, the Sterling Marlin car, they had a left uh, rear tire went flat, uh, just a hole in it. They said it, it wasn't off the course or anything, it just, just had a hole in it. Dale Jarrett had a left front tire go flat again. That's the second one for them today. Uh, the 17 car of uh, Vandermeer's when he went back out uh, the right front was uh, kind of caved back under it a little bit looked like they had knocked a little bit of the toe out out of the right front and that's the reason it took so long to fix it they were trying to get the car towed back in and it had a little damage to the right rear but I think the car's probably okay now now Harry Gant's car is on pit road let's see if we can get a quick report there from Jim Phillips the hood is up on the skull band and a talk to the crew chief or car owner Leo Jackson, he said the transmission overflow of the car or the transmission overflow could be leaking fluid. Of course, on these road course cars, you run a lot more coolers and there's a lot more lines involved than a normal oval track car because you have to keep that transmission cool to make all these shifts. So that's the first area they're going to look. He's down and away, so Harry Gant will get back in the race without losing too much time. The battle is a tight one on the racetrack. Jeff Bodine and Ricky Rudd in particular putting on a good battle for a position here on lap 32. Meanwhile, the news not nearly as good for the Daytona 500 and Budweiser 500 champion Derek Cope. A lot of smoke from behind the Purelator Chevy. We'll update that in a moment. Meanwhile, Jeff Bodine and Terry Labonte with a pretty good battle working up through the S's now, leaving Ricky Rudd behind them on the backstretch. Coming down this long back straightaway, Bodine will look down to the inside of Labonte's car. He'll try and make the bid under braking as they make the entrance to turn five. Bodine clears him before they even cut the corner. A side-by-side -side for a moment but Bodine does get by. Terry the Bonnie has to drop back in line and they'll stay single file as they head down the hill and back to turn six. Bodine comes out of turn five swings way wide and now Ricky Rudd is looking to make a move. Ricky Rudd goes to the high outside. Now it backs off. Thinks better of it but Bodine still has the advantage as they come into the left hand turn six. 
Terry Labonte right there behind him and Ricky Rudd behind Labonte as they enter turn seven. No real big surprises in the early going here at the Budweiser at the Glen. The gentlemen who are that we talked about in the beginning of our broadcast being super road racers are right up there at the front of the pack. In Holly Farms' Lickety Split Award right now, Dale Earnhardt has turned a lap in about a minute, 14.025 seconds for a speed of 117.690 miles an hour. That happened on lap number two, so Earnhardt currently has the distinction of leading in the Lickety Split Award here this afternoon. Rusty Wallace leads by five seconds as both Bill Elliott and Irv Hare come to the pit lane, and Derek Cope goes to the garage. First, let's cover Elliott's stuff. They go to the left side of the Coors Ford, going now to the right side. They're going to change all four tires, put in Unical gasoline, these cars are expecting about 30 laps on gasoline, so this is an unscheduled stop for Bill Elliott. Irv has got a, uh, they think, an equalized tire. He's got a bad vibration. They're going to change all four tires on his car also. They can't decide which one it is, so they're going to put all four on. And remember, on a road course, you can make a tire change. You can make a four-tire change here and not lose a lap. Even under race conditions, you're looking at a minute and 14 seconds or so per lap here at Watkins Glen. So you can come in and make those changes. Sure, you want to get out as quickly as you can, but you'll pretty well stay on the lead lap as Rusty Wallace comes across the stripe. His advantage now five seconds on Dale Earnhardt who's running in the second spot here on lap number 34. Then a goodly distance back to Mark Martin who's now showing in the third spot. Jeff Bodine is fourth. Labonte fifth. Ken Schrader is sixth. Kowicki is seventh. Eighth belongs to Morgan Shepard. Ninth is Hutch Strickland. As on to pit road goes Ricky Rudd with Tom Kendall running tenth. Let's cover Rudd's stop. It's going to be tires and gasoline for Ricky Rudd. They're going to change all four on his automobile also. Putting in that Unical gasoline changing the left side first and then the round of the right side for Ricky Rudd. So Ricky Rudd will be down and away. We told you he is one of the best road racers in the business. Talked to Ricky yesterday about being smooth and exactly how you get around, of course, to make it work. And he said being smooth is a big advantage, but that's not the only way to drive here as he talked about it. The opposite of that, and, and somebody that's had a lot of success is Rusty Wallace. He goes out and attacks the track all day, just goes down in a corner over his head, brakes all day long, gets it in a race, still got good equipment, got good brakes, and he goes on you know, to, to run well and challenge for the win. Uh, it really, like I say, it depends on how hard you're pushing the car. He may look like he's pushing it, but maybe he's not. But everybody's got their own way of doing it. But as far as racing each other, I think that really, there's times when you race each other and there's times when you race the course. We've watched Rusty, you and I both, over the years at Riverside and at Sears Point and, of course, here at Watkins Glen, and he does. He slings that car all over the place. He's off in the dirt sometimes. He cuts the corner at a completely different angle than many of the other drivers, but he gets good results. I remember the late Tim Richmond did very much the same thing. He had a wild, aggressive style on the racetrack, and they always used to tell you that the harder you drove, the slower you'd go on a road course. Well, Tim Richmond disproved that, and so, too, to a degree here has Rusty Wallace. Kenny Schrader is in in the Kodiak Chevrolet, Dick Brooks? Well, they said they had a flat. Again, they couldn't really decide which one it was, so they're going to do all four tires on his car. They've got the left side done. They've got the right side off, and it looks to me like it might be the right uh, rear that uh, is low on the car. Now he's down and away. Here at Watkins Glen International, right now we're working lap number 35 of the 90 that will make up the event this afternoon. Rick Ware is back on pit road. I called him Rick Mast a moment ago, but Rick Ware is in the 22 car here this weekend. So he is making another unscheduled pit stop. Let's take a look back through the running order. At lap 33, we're working 35 right now. Rusty Wallace, the leader. Dale Earnhardt was second. Mark Martin was third. Jeff Bodine, fourth. Fifth would have been Terry Labonte. Sixth, Ricky Rudd. Seventh, Kenny Schrader. Eighth was Alan Kowicki. Ninth, Morgan Shepard. 
and Hut Strickland was up in 10th spot the way they were running just a couple of laps ago. That has Close to call for the leader here in turn number three. Rusty Wallace went completely off the course, almost touched the outside retaining wall. The car that was trying to get back on the lead lap, Irv here, and that was alongside the leader on the backstretch. Down to the end of the back straightaway. Wallace trying to get back up to speed. He's lost his entire lead to Earnhardt now. Hare will go by. Earnhardt will close right up on Wallace. Rusty Wallace has to tuck down to the inside as Irv Hare shuffles around him. Dale Earnhardt now within striking distance. Make that nose to tail as they come off the corner. Whatever Irv Hare did during the pit stop, it obviously works because now he is running a pace with the leaders. And down they come, out of turn four, down the short stretch, about a quarter mile into turn six. There is Irv Hare. He is now on the lead lap, but the top spot is still Rusty Wallace. Takes a nice clean line through turn six. Earnhardt about two car lengths back, and they back off the throttle now for turn seven. So those cars swing out from beneath the Winston Cup Series bridge. They'll put lap 37 up on the board as Irv Hare is back on the tail end of the lead lap, and Rusty Wallace's lead over Dale Earnhardt, just three car lengths. In the garage area, Derek Cope has taken the Purelator Chevy, as we told you a few moments ago. Let's see if Gary Montgomery has caught up with him. I have him, and Derek, uh, the crew working, but it doesn't look like they're working fast enough. Well, no, it's, uh, it's unfortunate for the Purelator Chevrolet because, uh, you know, we had a car running real well, and Buddy Perry, the guys, uh, I felt like had the handle on the chassis, and we just were losing down the straightaway. The motor started uh, getting hot oil temperature-wise and started uh, not scavenging the oil and, and putting it over in the overhead, and it started missing, and it wouldn't run. And it's just unfortunate. We've had a lot of bad luck with motors here, and I thought today was going to be a change of that for us. It wasn't to be at Watkins Glen for Derek Cope. A couple of spins on the course right now. Let's go over to Joe Moore. One of those Ernie Irvin that wasn't a spin. The car just lost power as he came by my position here in turn number three. Then Jimmy Spencer overshot turn number two as he came down the hill. His car looped completely around, gently tagged the outside retaining wall, then backed into the inside retaining wall. He was able to get the car refired, but there is still caution at this portion of the speedway. And there is caution on the entire race course right now. It's just been put out by Doyle Ford, the official flagman of NASCAR, and that will be the second one of the day. It comes out on lap 38. Here comes everyone on pit road right now. It's going to be a busy place. Let's go down to Jim Phillips. Rusty Wallace leads the parade in. He brings the Pontiac right in. They're taking off all four tires. Dale Earnhardt is in with his Goodrich Chevrolet. They're going to do the same. Take on four tires. Rusty Wallace showing nowhere from going off the course over there just moments ago. The crew is around on the left right side now. Also in is Terry Labonte. He's getting four tires in gasoline. Mark Martin is in. Jeff Bodine. Michael Waltrip is in. Bill Elliott is coming in all for four tires and gasoline. Down, down to Dick Brooks. Well, Irv Harris just came in. He just uh, just got his lap back from uh, a few minutes ago. They're going to change left side on his car. Kenny Schrader just went back out. They only changed left side on him and let him go. They had a jack brake on that car, but he got him out pretty good. Rob Moroso just turned him loose with the left side tires. Dick Johnson's in there changing all four on his car and letting him go as Kyle Petty went by. Sterling Marlin's going, and uh, the car of Rick Wilson goes by now. The only cars that stayed on the racetrack were Dorsey Schrader driving for Dick Trickle. The 04 machine, which uh, this weekend is driven by John Alexander, the ARCA driver, and Ricky Rudd stayed on the racetrack as well in the Levi Garrett Chevrolet. There's also been another driver change, this one unexpected. Greg Sachs has just climbed aboard D.K. Ulrich's car, replacing Jerry O'Neill. O'Neill was appearing in his very first road race ever driving for D.K., and this is an opportunity for Sachs to climb on board, having himself driven only once here. He drove for the Dingman brothers, Greg Sachs did, back in 1987 before starting today's race for the Ultra Slim Fast team. Back to the pitch. Talk about Rusty Wallace, the pace he's setting right now. Rusty, even though he's setting that pace and was out front, he had a right rear tire that was blistered. 
had a ring all the way around the carcass of the tire. So Rusty Wallace, without that tire, might have had a bigger lead, but he does have a tire problem on the right rear. Of course, he has four brand-new ones right now. We'll check out some other tires and see if any of the other drivers are having tire problems at this point in the race. I hate when that happens. Want to get a ring around my carcass? I guess. Well, I'll tell you. The Western Auto Mechanic of the Race Award will be handed out a bit later on this afternoon. After the event at Talladega a couple weeks ago, Robin Pemberton for the Mark Martin team leads in the seasonal battle. There's $25,000 to be awarded by Western Auto at the end of the season. Tim Brewer, the crew chief for Jeff Bodine, is second. Third is Andy Petrie, crew chief for Harry Gant. Then uh, Mike Beam is next in line. So that's how it stacks up with the Western Auto Mechanic of the Race Award and the seasonal honors. We'll be announcing that uh, throughout the course of the day. The Bush Grand National Series of NASCAR ran last night over at Mason Day's Orange County Speedway in Rougemont, North Carolina. The 200-lapper going to Chuck Bown, who adds or pads his series lead, more appropriately put, as he takes the victory his sixth of the year. L.D. Ottinger from Newport, Tennessee, was second, and Robert Presley finished in third spot. The next event for the Bush Series is one you'll be hearing here on MRN, the Johnson 250 from Bristol Raceway in Tennessee on Friday night, the 24th of this month. MRN's broadcast beginning at 8.45 Eastern Time. On Friday night at the Spencer Speedway in Williams. Williamson, New York. Brian Horn got the win over Dale Buck. Last night at the Shangri-La Speedway in Owego, New York, Jan Lady gets the victory over Lee Sherwood. That was a race that saw Greg Sachs and Reggie Ruggiero crash out of the race on the very first lap, and Jimmy Spencer ran there, had a pretty good finish. Last night at the Elko Speedway up in Minnesota, Mal Walling got the victory over Ted Smokestad and Mike Tuma, while at the Evergreen Speedway in Monroe, Washington, a couple of features. Joe Decker won both of them. So that's what's happening on the Winston Racing Series scoreboard from across the country. Ricky Rudd is indeed the leader. Rusty Wallace being posted second. Dale Earnhardt third. Fourth would be Jeff Bodine running fifth right now. They're posting Mark Martin. Sixth is Terry Labonte. Seventh is Morgan Shepard. Eighth is Michael Waltrip having a good run. Ninth is Hut Strickland and Kyle Petty round out the top ten. Let's check in the garage with Gary Montgomery. I'm with Ernie Urban who's making his second visit to the garage area. Ernie, what's wrong this time? Well, you know, first time a broken axle and uh, evidently uh, might have done something to the rear end or something with an axle that broke the third one. The guys are working hard on this Kodak film Chevrolet. I'll uh, get back out and see if we can get a few more points. They're getting a lot of practice uh, working on rear ends of cars. Uh, Barney, we also have an update of the driver, the uh, pit crew member that was injured in that incident earlier. Barry Swift has been transported to the Schuyler Hospital in nearby Montour Falls for a scan of the neck and head. Also was not reported, but Joe Bailey, a 26-year-old crew member on the Derrick Cope automobile, was injured in that same incident. He's been taken to Corning Hospital for x-rays of the left hand, but both are uh, relatively fine condition. So that is the situation down on Pit Road and the incident we talked about a little bit earlier. They're are back under green. Let's pick them up on the course. Good scramble for the lead now as Dale Earnhardt flanks Ricky Rudd on the outside. They'll come off the corner number five, side by side. And they are side by side. There is no advantage. So now Earnhardt starts that horsepower advantage that he enjoys so much with that Chevrolet. Stretches it out by about two car lengths over Ricky Rudd. So too Rusty Wallace gets by Rudd. And now Bodine looks to the inside and he gets by Ricky Rudd. Jeff so the Bo- order is Earnhardt, Wallace and Bodine as they enter turn seven. Jeff Bodine does make that move to the inside. Mark Martin also going back in around and Bodine is staying inside he'll be coming to pit road or rather Ricky Rudd will now Bodine stays on the racetrack Ricky Rudd peels off and he'll head to the attention of Waddell Wilson and the crew an unscheduled stop after having inherited the lead moments ago Jim Phillips he's already had one unscheduled stop today and that was for an equalized tire on the Levi Garrett Chevrolet they go to the left side 
to begin with, and now they're taking off the right side lug, so it's going to be another four-tire stop for Ricky Rudd under green, his second of the day. A long, long day here at Watkins Glen for Ricky Rudd. We'll follow his progress when they get him down and away and put him back onto the speedway. From Watkins Glen International, this is MRN Radio. Chris Crockett here with another member of our Toyota racing family. Reggie, you've taken tailgating to new places. You've converted this school bus into a giant brisket smoker? Yeah, it's table stakes, Chris. Oh, you see that? That's my lookout tower, so I can see Kyle Busch taking the lead. Wow, what's the cage for? That's for the tailgaters. Oh, yeah, that's a real alligator. NASCAR and Toyota Racing. With a family like this, who knows the places we'll go as things heat up this summer. Learn more at toyotaracing.com. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of the National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. If your A.C. is blowing hot air, let O'Reilly Auto Parts help bring back the cool this summer. While you may need to eventually service your A.C. unit, get immediate relief with Interdynamics Arctic Freeze R134A refrigerant with leak sealer for $32.99. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. From the racetrack to the road home, fill up with Sunoco, the official fuel of NASCAR. Sunoco makes high-quality performance fuels for the greatest drivers in the world, both on and off the track. Whether you are pulling up to the pump or experiencing the excitement of being at the track on race day, this will be a four-tire change. They've already topped it off with Sunoco fuel. Side service complete, second can of Sunoco fuel in. He's down and away. You can trust Sunoco to be the fuel that keeps you going. Capture the essence of racing and fill up with the official fuel of NASCAR, Sunoco. At Watkins Glen, New York, we are a couple of laps shy of halfway, working now the 44th lap. 90 laps make up the distance in the Budweiser at the Glen. Dale Earnhardt leading Rusty Wallace, and the cars work the back straightaway towards turn five. Jeff Bodine has joined them to make a three-car breakaway from the lead as Mark Martin fades back to fourth, and right now Terry Labonte is fifth. Bodine takes a quick peek to the inside of Rusty Wallace, but Wallace will defend the line. They all dig in single file down to the bottom of the racetrack as they shuffle off five. Jeff Bodine says he does feel the pressure from the fans here because he is from local Chemung, New York. Right now he sits in the third spot. Your leader is still Dale Earnhardt, but right on his tail is Rusty Wallace. Rusty takes a brief look to the inside inside. Would have been a difficult pass on the inside of six, but still he hangs right on the bumper of Dale Earnhardt. And the crew chief on the Budweiser Ford said yesterday, talking about Jeff Bodine, we could have gotten the pole. He said Jeff got off the course going down into turn one and still qualified extremely well. He said Sunday, I'm going to keep the bridle on him for a little ways to make sure we have some equipment left at the end of the race because they have come awful close to winning here several times. They shuffle back to turn one. Battle for the lead in turn one. Wallace gets down low. Earnhardt gets sideways into Wallace. Trouble up in turn number seven. One car has spun right in front of traffic and a cloud of dust. It looks like everyone is going to get through as they sweep back across the line. This race will remain under green. That was Dale Earnhardt spinning as well after Tommy Riggins gave everybody a scare up here near the start-finish line. But Earnhardt now is off the course as well. Yes, he is in turn one right at the exit of Pitt Road. Earnhardt had the high side while Rick, uh, rather... Rusty Wallace had the uh, low side coming through turn one. The two got together. Earnhardt got crossways on the racetrack, but Wallace was able to go right on through while Earnhardt spun around and was left sitting at the exit of turn one. 
Rob Moroso was the other car that spun off turn number seven as he and Tommy Riggins moments ago really gave all the lead automobiles a scare. Earnhardt now has a long way to try and catch up with everyone else as he works down the back straightaway going here on lap number 45 of 90. It was a scary moment going into turn number one as David Hyatt mentioned. Rusty Wallace had made the inside move against Dale Earnhardt. Those two cars both touched. Earnhardt going across in front of Rusty Wallace and it opened up the outside as Earnhardt spun one way. It opens the outside for other cars to go by. So a scary moment. And David, that's a tough area this racetrack because you're going downhill and you can end up going a bit faster than you really expect you're going. Certainly so. Terry Labonte pointed out yesterday in the garage area that this is a very easy turn to overdrive when you go into it. It looks like it's a lot easier than it really is. All of a sudden, you get caught up in the middle of this 90-degree turn and there's really nowhere to go. There's a large grassy area out here to catch the overflow of cars if someone does do that. But in the in the instance like we just saw, there was a, a bunch of traffic behind Earnhardt and Wallace and nowhere to go as Earnhardt just went crossways on the racetrack and everybody else had to find a better way to get around. Now remember, Dale Earnhardt is only one point out of first place for the Winston Cup Championship, so he can't afford a bad finish here or anywhere else as we're in the second half of the season right now. But I don't think that's going to dampen his driving style here or any of the other racetracks we go to. So a close, scary moment for both Rusty Wallace a moment ago and Dale Earnhardt. Here's Alan Kowicki bringing his car on pit road. He's been running up in the top 10 most of the afternoon. Correct me, that is not Alan Kowicki. He has been running up in the top 10 most of the day here having a pretty good run. They were showing some 22 cars still on the lead lap about four laps ago. So the race has been very competitive as they sweep back into one. Let's establish the fact that Jeff Bodine now has taken over the lead. Mark Martin is running in the second spot. Terry Labonte is third and Rusty Wallace is running in fourth. Fifth is Morgan Shepard. Hutch Strickland is now up to sixth. Rusty Wallace, Eli, is way off the pace in turn one up to the high side of the racetrack. Everybody is going by him. And he is up on the high side, now ducking to the bottom of the racetrack to let everyone go by. There is a cutoff area or an escape area where the pace car parks itself. That's where Rusty Wallace has just turned in to get out of everybody's way. Let's get an update from Jim Phillips in the Wallace pit. Well, the engine is let go. Trouble on the back straightaway. Kyle Petty spins and slams the inside guardrail. Spins around two, three, four times. And now comes to rest up against the inside guardrail on the back straightaway. So Kyle Petty, as we remain under green at the moment, we have yet to see a full course caution. Meanwhile, the engine, as we hear the report from Jim Phillips, coming unglued on Rusty Wallace's Miller Genuine Draft Pontiac. The leader is still Jeff Bodine. We remain under green. Let's pick up Bodine here as he comes underneath the Winston Cup Series bridge and heads back to start finish to put lap 48 on the board. And now he's got Mark Martin and Labonte right with him. Nose to tail as they head down the front straightaway and into turn one. Mark Martin will take a quick look down to the inside of Bodine. He can't do anything there. Stays back about a car length. It's another two car lengths on back to Terry Labonte. And then it's about 12 car lengths back to the Morgan Shepard car who has Hutch Strickland right behind him. Jeff Bodine leads the way as they come into the S's now with Mark Martin riding in the second spot. Then Terry Labonte, he's the one really putting the pressure on. There's a bit of debris on the backstretch. Still Kyle Petty's car sits to the inside of the racetrack as the leaders now enter to the backstretch. Kyle Petty has fired his car, but the car is bent severely. He's just limping around right in front of the leaders trying to get it back to pit road. Oma Kimbrough's car has expired on the back straightaway. It's parked up against the inside guardrail. The leaders now are trying to pick their way back and forth through the cars on the back straightaway. And now we are under car. 
caution. A full course caution has just been put out after Kyle Petty, who was running seventh, try as he might, was unable to refire the peak Pontiac. So we are under caution here on the 48th of 90 laps as Kyle comes to a stop on the back straightaway and now finally gets his car, I believe, back under power. Alan, is that the fact? Yeah, Kyle has gone past here, but what the caution will be for, Eli, is two things. First of all, as Kyle came past, he was shedding debris from the race car all over the back straightaway. He was dropping some liquid. The car was bent so severely that the back end was not tracking evenly with the front end, so the sheet metal was coming off around the rear tires. Then the second part of the caution was for Omer Kimbrough's car. The motor let go on that car, and he's dropped some liquid all the way down the inside of the back stretch as well, so there's going to be a pretty good piece of cleanup needed out here. That will be the third caution of the afternoon. They put it out on lap number 48 again when Kyle Petty had a problem over there, put some debris on the racetrack. So we'll see Pitt Road being a busy place here again in just a few moments as we're already past the halfway point in the race here this afternoon at the Budweiser at the Glen. That's been an unusual situation for the Linrow Motorsports racing team for whom Oma Kimbrough is driving here this weekend. Obviously, there's something they were working on all weekend and just haven't quite found the answer. Dating back to the race at Pocono when Randy LaJoy was driving that car, they ended up losing, if memory serves, three engines that weekend. They had a problem yesterday that they were pouring over the cars. As a matter of fact, some fellows from the other teams were trying to figure out exactly what the problem might be, whether it was an oiling problem with the engine or what have you, and apparently losing yet another uh, power plant here this afternoon. So a tough, tough break for that team. They've worked hard here, and Oma Kimbrough is a very talented race car driver in his element of motorsports, road racing and what have you, but this evidently was not to be their weekend. Let's check in with Gary Montgomery. Well, I'm standing alongside of Gary Nelson, but he's preparing to go back to work as he walks towards the uh, pit area. Gary, the car coming back? Yeah, we got big damage to the front suspension. The toe went way off. We'll do the best we can to get him rolling, but we lost the last, so now it just matter gets the points. Jim Phillips, let's cover pit stops at your end of pit road. Jeff Bodine brings the Budweiser Ford in. They go to the left side first. Going to change all four tires, put in some Unical gasoline. Also, Terry Labonte, who's having a super run here this afternoon, brings his gold classic Oldsmobile in. They're going to change four tires. Michael Waltrip is for tires. Also, Bill Elliott is in. And here comes Dale Earnhardt roaring into pit road. They're going to work on the left side. He has a big dent and the right door, but no uh, as far as suspension damage, has a tire rub on his right front fender, but the tire looks alright, there's no uh, damage to the tire, now they go around to the right side, Kurt Gilbertine and of course uh, Will Lynn changing the tires, David Smith of the jack, they told Earnhardt, just calm down we'll get you back up front, we come in the pits they do it, 24.1 seconds Let's go down to Dick Brooks Well Ken Schrader is in and James Sires in this car, Rob Barroso just goes by and they changed all four on his. They only did two on Schrader's car, by the way. Uh, I guess about everybody else is just there hasn't been too many people down in this way. <laughs> They've got uh, Dorsey Schrader still sitting in the pits in the 66 car. They're working on his car just a little bit as uh, Irv uh, Hare, and they're working on the inside of his car. They've changed four tires on him. Nothing ready to let him go. Now, Mark Martin did not pit, and neither did Brett Bodine, and they were both being posted on the lead lap. Those two cars will stay on the racetrack. Rusty Wallace was one of the stories going out down in turn number one, having a problem. We just heard from him. Then at about the same time on the course, just before this caution came out, something else happened over in front of Joe Moore. It was Kyle Petty's car. It spun around at the head end of the back stretch. That caused one problem, and simultaneously, Oma Kimbrough blew an engine in the Linrow Motorsports car. That was right here in front of us in turn number three. He slowed his car, got it out of harm's way, but again, as reported further down the speedway with uh, Alan Bestwick, the problem for Kyle Petty was a lot of debris on the racetrack and some fluid. 
And let's go up to Alan Bestwick to update us there. All the cleanup work just about finished here, Barney. They've just towed Oma Kimbrough's car back behind the guardrail into the runoff area here at the end of the back straightaway. The course workers uh, put a lot of speedy dry down along the inside edge of this back straightaway, and they were especially careful right at the entrance to this fifth corner here where the car was down on the inside of the racetrack because that's a critical part where these race cars slow down from about 185 miles an hour down to about 90 miles an hour to make this corner uh, make this hard right corner so they were very careful to make sure they cleaned up all that liquid here for the drivers to come through at speed on the first lap under green pace car goes in behind the pit wall and we are back under green as they haul it off down toward turn number one it's going to be a real scramble for the lead as they hit that corner leaders head for turn number one that'll be mark martin as he dives down low right behind him is brent bodine and then Ricky Rudd falls in line in the third spot. He's followed by Dale Jarrett, and then it's Jeff Bodine, and now Ricky Rudd pulls out to take a look underneath Brett. Rudd will take over the second spot, going down to the inside of Brett Bodine, so Martin leads, Ricky Rudd takes the second spot, then it's Brett Bodine, the lap car of Dale Jarrett, then Jeff Bodine, Terry Labonte, and Bill Elliott. Remembering the Winston Cup point battle, Dale Earnhardt led earlier, picked up five bonus points, now Mark Martin has led, picked up his five bonus points. Right now, Jeff Bodine back in the fourth position, moving around the lap car of Dale Jarrett, as they come to the end of the back straightaway. Jeff Bodine tucks it down to the inside of the racetrack. He'll get around the Jarrett machine. Everybody goes back to single file as they head down the hill. Right-hand turn and down onto turn six. Mark Martin opens up an advantage of about four car lengths down this short stretch before turn six. And look at Ricky Rudd. He qualified 12th, which is really back in the field, but because of his road racing talents, he's able to come up to second. He closes the gap between himself and Martin to about five car lengths as they enter turn seven. Meanwhile, one of the busiest members of our MRN crew today is Gary Montgomery in the garage as Rick Wilson has just parked his machine. Likewise, Greg Sachs parking his second car of the day. He's relief driving for Jerry O'Neill, and that car owned by D.K. Ulrich has just gone to the garage. 53 laps to complete. The leaders are in one. Mark Martin continues to lead Ricky Rudd now, who is a lap off the pace, or rather has just taken over the second spot from uh, Brett Bodine, and those two cars are pulling away. Brett Bodine's getting some pressure put on him by older brother Jeff Bodine. Jeff's got the Budweiser Ford directly behind Brett. There's a third-place battle as Jeff peeks around on the outside, but now goes back into single file here on the backstretch. Those two, while they're battling for position, have fallen a good bit of distance now behind the front two. Martin leading Rudd by about 10 car lengths. Then we'll make it about 30 back to Brett Bodine, then Jeff Bodine, then will come the Terry Labonte car, then the lap machine of Dale Jarrett. So the field working here on lap number 53. Currently, the battle works between Mark Martin and Jeff Bodine. Brett Bodine is there and Ricky Rudd. Next in line will be the Terry Labonte car being shown in fifth. Dick Johnson, the Australian road racing champion, a five-time champion in the touring car class. He is shown in sixth, ahead of seventh place Bill Elliott. Hutch Strickland is eighth. Michael Waltrip is ninth and tenth. Morgan Shepard. Cyril Vandermerva driving for Darrell Waltrip is now 11th. Twelfth is the Rob Moroso machine. Then Dale Earnhardt as Gary Montgomery is in the garage. We have Greg Sack for the second time this afternoon, Greg. Tell us about the relief driving, first of all, for the D.K. Ulrich team, and then what happened to the car. Well, actually, I came in to help Jerry and D.K. out, and, and there's no problem in the car. The car was working fine. It's a situation with NASCAR. It's a ruling that uh, a rookie driver can't have a relief driver. There's and, caution and on the speedway. They took over, and then they picked up on it, and we needed to bring the car in. He likes because of Derek Koch's car that's come to a stop here on the head end of the back stretch. The car came by us without running. It pulled over to the left side of the road, and the stop there is all the leaders are going by Derek Koch's car. 
Derek Cope's car has stalled almost in the identical place where they had the bad accident here Thursday when a car had a problem over there. And, and you come up over that hill, it is one of the blind spots here at Watkins Glen. And the NASCAR officials have wisely put this race under caution for the fourth time this afternoon. It'll come out on lap number 54. I was talking the other day, as a matter of fact, about uh, those blind spots on a road course, and I was discussing that with Ernie Irvin, about whether you're concerned about the blind spots on a road racing circuit, especially in light of the accident we saw here on Thursday. I tell you, you know, it wasn't near as scary until today when I went back out there, and, uh, you know, the spot where they had wrecked, and, and you really don't realize how much you can't see there, and it's not that you just can't see, but in a road course... You're doing so much. You're shifting. You're breaking. You're, you know, you're attacking each corner hard. You got guardrails there that are so high, so you got to concentrate so hard on making sure you hit that thing, the apron right, or you can slide up into the guardrail. So, you know, that's what them guys were doing. They were concentrating so hard on their lap and come around that corner, and he was sitting there. So, it's a lot scarier now than it was yesterday, and um, I'm sure everybody's thinking of the same thing. Of course, NASCAR very cognizant of the safety factors and consequently this caution flag. Saral Vandemerva, Dale Jarrett, Brett Bodine electing to take pit stops here. Jim Phillips. Brett Bodine is, has the Quaker State Buick on pit road. They're changing four tires, putting in Unical gasoline. He's the only car on this end of pit road. We asked Robin Pemberton why he didn't pit the time before. He said, well, we'd only run six laps. And we wanted to get that five bonus points for leading the race and a good track position. So that's the reason they stayed out. Dick Brooks. Well, it was about the same down here. Daryl Jarrett come in. They changed tires on his car. Vandermeer was in and they changed uh, uh, tires on his car. Got him going. Evidently, got the right front of the thing cleaned up pretty well. 17th car. Uh, 17 car. J.D. McDuffie just went by as they uh, talked talk to him a little bit and let him go. And they'll work on the right side of the peak Pontiac as well as Kyle Petty is in for service one more time. Ernie Irvin has just returned from the garage area, the Kodak Film Chevrolet, back on the racetrack, and that brought a smile to Dave Testa's face. Dave is joining us here in the booth as the marketing manager for the United States, the consumer imaging division of Eastman Kodak Company, and this is uh, very much a hometown track. I guess Rochester is just, what, an hour or so up the road, and you've got a ton of folks from Kodak here. It's great to see. Yeah, it's good for us to see, too. We've got a big crowd. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. This has been an area, racing has been something that you folks have embraced for a long time. You used to have the Kodak Copiers 500 here at the Glen. You've got the involvement with Ernie. Obviously, it's something that works for your company. Yeah, it does. It, uh, it works real well for us, besides being a lot of fun and good for, uh, for the employees to have a, a Kodak team to follow every weekend. It's a good business investment, even more importantly. Do the employees get behind what's going on? Do they keep tabs on Ernie and the fellas? They sure do. I get uh, notes and phone calls from uh, people I've never heard of in the company. We have about 110,000 employees around the world, about 60,000 in Rochester alone, and uh, I'm amazed every year at the number of people that uh, that respond to it. As a matter of fact, the race team was up in town this past week, and uh, Ernie made the tour of uh, the office. He went to a couple of our manufacturing facilities, Kodak Park, and uh, our apparatus division, and had a, a great, great reception. It was a lot of fun, really was. Didn't a lot of folks come over here today and present him a banner with a lot of signatures, I understand, uh, in pre-race activity? Yeah, exactly. Good question. We had uh, we made up a big banner that says, good luck, Ernie, go get them from your friends at Kodak, and uh, we moved it around the company for a couple of weeks and uh, hung it up in 12 of the different cafeterias all around the facilities, and uh, I don't know how many signatures we have on there, but there's an awful lot, and we have a little drawing and uh, awarded uh, kind of a raffle thing, uh, somebody to be an official pit member, so we got a couple of folks down in the pit, and we also uh, had a couple of folks present it to Ernie before the race. He was really touched by it. He's a, he's a wonderful guy, and this kind of thing means an awful lot to him, especially this year when he's, he's being so successful. Sure. Well, Dave, we appreciate you coming by, and as we were just saying, 
saying before, it's not going to be long before we see the Kodak team in victory lane, and uh, we wish you the very best, and thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. Dave Testa, Marketing Manager, United States, for Eastman Kodak Company, as we continue under caution. Caution coming out on the 54th lap when Derek Cope's machine, the Purolator Chevy, stopped on the back straightaway. Still working. The fourth caution has been a very lengthy one, but it shouldn't be more than a lap or so before we'll be getting back to green. Let's check in with Gary Montgomery. And I have Rick Wilson, a driver of the Dinner Bell Oldsmobile. And Rick, uh, what put you out of this race? Well, yeah, we were, you know, we run along pretty good, and uh, I was pushing the car pretty hard. And you know, about halfway through, about halfway through the race, about 15 laps in the race, we started losing a little bit of a pedal on the brakes, and I don't know what happened. I, you know, the O-ring come out of our burnt uh, O-ring out of it, but we lost brakes and we had to park it. So Rick Wilson has parked it. Back to you, Barney. Rick Wilson out of it. Boy, he's had a, a really hard season this year, but they're hoping to get things turned around. Back under green here at Watkins Glen. It's a drag race for the lead into turn one. It heats up in turn one. Ricky Rudd first looks low, then looks high as Mark Martin slams the door. Rudd will make up for it, though, and look to the inside and pull a fender alongside as they head for two. Ricky Rudd still pouring on the pressure coming into turn number two. He's got the inside line. Mark Martin on the outside, but Martin beats him uphill. Martin holds on to the lead for now. Ricky Rudd directly behind him. Then it's Terry Labonte, the Hunt Strickland car, and Jeff Bodine. They flash onto the back straightaway and sort it out single file now among the top ten. Running to the end of the stretch, about two car lengths separating Martin and Rudd. Another four car lengths back to Levani and Strickland. Ricky Rudd takes a peek to the inside of Mark Martin, but no room there. Martin will maintain the spot. Everybody comes into turn five, single file as they head down the hill, back to turn six. Martin brings them out of turn five, swings out wide, skirts the curbing on the left-hand side, and now he draws over to the right-hand side of the course, setting up for the proper line through the left-hand turn six. Martin has about a two-car length lead over Ricky Rudd. Right behind him is Terry Labonte, and then it is Hut Strickland holding down the fourth position. Mark Martin is a good, smooth road racer. He's proven that everywhere we've been uh, for the last couple of years. Here he comes out of turn number seven, back into the front straightaway. And now he puts a little daylight on Ricky Rudd by about seven or eight car lengths. Ricky seems to settle in there. Terry Labonte hangs under that third spot, and they're beginning to spring out a little bit as they work back to turn one. They keep it single file. Martin goes from fourth down to second gear as he heads into the 90-degree right-hander. He's got three car lengths now over Ricky Rudd. It's another car length back to Terry Labonte and two more back to Hut Strickland. Front four cars stretch it out a little bit. In the fifth place is Jeff Bodine. He's got about two car lengths on the Mike Waltrip car, followed by directly by the Bill Elliott machine. Next in line is Morgan Shepard. They all go single file. The one really cutting for the pack is Dale Earnhardt. He just checked the Dick Johnson car. Johnson got out of line momentarily, but now brings it back up to speed. Front four cars in a breakaway. The battle will be for fifth on back. Michael Walter briefly looks to the inside of Jeff Bodine at the end of the backstretch. Mike Walter will drop back in line. Jeff Bodine will defend the spot. Now Walter looks a bit to the outside, but he'll go back in line. Everybody single file all the way back through the, that pack of about seven as they head back to turn six. Michael Waltrip does tuck in beside Bodine. Now, Bodine takes a low line, and that gave Waltrip just a bit of an opportunity. Then Bodine slams the door on Michael Waltrip, so he'll have to tuck back as they go into turn six. Your leader, however, is still Mark Martin by about four car lengths. Two more cars parking it for the afternoon. Tommy Riggins and Jimmy Means are out for the day, both with transmission failure. Great battle on the racetrack now between Jeff Bodine and Michael Waltrip, and Jeff bails out. He's coming to pit road. Jeff Bodine, who was running among the top five, heads down to the attention of Tim Brewer and the Budweiser crew, Jim Phillips. And they're going to the right side of the Budweiser 40. Comes into a sliding stop. They're going to change all four tires. It looks like a tire problem for him. But again, just a splash of gasoline with the tires on the right side look okay they look like they're up so it could be an equalized tire they're coming around to the right side now to change the tires tim brew and mike hill changing those tires pete Wright's on the jack 
and Bodine will be down and away momentarily. Well, that's going to bring tears to that team's eyes because they have been so close to winning here at Watkins Glen every time we've been here and have a cut tire or something befall them every time, and here it does again. And you realize that this is the only racetrack where Junior Johnson has not won a race in five years, this now being the fifth annual of the Budweiser's at the Glen, and Junior Johnson's car is not won in those five years, the only such situation anywhere on the Winston Cup Tour. Really a tough break for him. Let's pick up the leader on the course. Leader is Mark Martin as he rounds the left-hand turn six, opens up a big lead. Now Rudd is not able to make an impression as they head towards start-finish. Mark Martin taking good lines through these corners. Remember, this is a backup car. They were probably the only team that we could check out in the garage that had a backup car that is a true road race car. So they were well prepared. He said that will pay off in the run for the championship. They're back in turn one. Martin stretches it out now. He's got three car lengths over Ricky Rudd. It's another three car lengths on back to Terry Labonte as they head down Hill. In fourth is Hutt Strickland. They go to turn two. Back in the fifth spot, the Michael Walter machine. He's followed directly by the Morgan Shepard car, then Alan Kowicki. Then already up to the seventh spot is Dale Earnhardt. He had a good battle last time through this end of the speedway. And getting around Bill Elliott, he has since also passed the Ken Schrader car. Butch Miller's Mr. Peanut Chevy limping around turn number five now with a flat left front tire. Meanwhile, Hutch Strickland takes a look at the inside of Terry Labonte as they come to the end of the back straightaway. This is for third. Side by side as they enter the corner. Hutch Strickland will get the advantage. Terry Labonte tries to battle back to the inside, but now Hutch Strickland will grab it for solid as he comes off the corner and back to six. Hutch Strickland has got to be tickled with that third place spot, and now he sets his sights on second place Ricky Rudd. Now they're going to have to get around a slower car here in Butch Miller. He is limping around with that sick tire. Everybody gets by Butch cleanly. Your leader is still Mark Martin. Tommy Riggins has just brought DK Ulrich's car back onto the racetrack. That is the third different driver in that machine today. Jerry O'Neill started. Greg Sachs was second. Tommy Riggins is third. I did see Dick May here this week. and I wonder if he was circulating around that race car. It wouldn't surprise me. Well, Dick May holds the record, I guess, of driving a, a, the greatest number of cars in a given race some years ago. I think he was in and out of seven cars in one different race. At Dover Downs and never did go the full 500 miles. But he's he's always shows up around most of the racetracks. We see quite a bit of him nowadays. He took us back through the top four. Let's go a little further back. Michael Waltrip is being posted fifth. Still Morgan Shepard sixth. Alan Kowicki seventh. Dale Earnhardt is running in eighth position. Ninth is Kenny Schrader. And tenth is Bill Elliott. Tommy Kendall continues to hang in there. He is being posted 11th. Sterling Marlin looks like he's in 12th position. Richard Petty's having a good run here this afternoon. Still on the lead lap and very strong up there in 13th position. Dick Johnson, the Australian driver, is being posted 14th. And the rookie driver, Rob Moroso, is 15th. Brett Bodine is 16th. Irv Hare is still in there on the lead lap. He is 17th. Jeff Bodine, who made that unscheduled stop a moment ago, has now dropped back to 18th position. And Butch Miller, who had been on the lead lap, had a problem coming out of turn seven just a moment ago and brought his car onto pit road where they have made an unscheduled stop also. Mark Martin has led 14 of the 64 laps so far. We have had four caution flags for 11 laps. The average speed at the moment, 88.941 miles an hour. As far as the point leader, Mark Martin, who leads the points, is first in the race. Dale Earnhardt, who is second in points, is now eighth in the race. Jeff Bodine, who is third in the points, is now 17th in the race. The fourth-place point man is Rusty Wallace, and he is already retired for the day. And Kyle Petty, who is fifth in Winston Cup points, is now running in 30th. And as far as the point spread is concerned, from first to fifth now, it's 290 points. It has spread just a bit over the last number of weeks. Morgan Shepard is on pit road for an unscheduled stop in the Motorcraft pit. Let's cover his stop. Well, they bring in the Motorcraft board. They go around to the left side first. It's uh, going to be tires for Morgan Shepard. Looks like a, a routine stop for them. The pit board is up for Richard Petty to make a pit stop. Here comes the STP Pontiac in. They're going to go to the 
left side of his automobile, and one of his crew members and his wife, Bob Barton and Linda, have a new girl, Andrea, born August 2nd. And also the pit board is out for Mark Martin, the leader of the race. He should be in momentarily. So these would be routine stops for most of these drivers here at Watkins Glen. And uh, Dick Brooks, how many laps can they go here? Have any idea? About 30? 30 laps on fuel, Barney's. Uh, all the crews I checked out, the Earnhardt crew, also the Wallace crew, and uh, the Ford team said 30 laps would be the max for them. They'll get about 3.8 to 4.2 miles to the gallon here on a road course. Mark Martin now peels off turn number seven. He'll head to the pit lane to the attention of Robin Pemberton, Steve Meal, and the rest of the Jack Roush team. Let's cover that stop. And they're going to go to the left side first on the, the Folgers Ford, and uh, they're going to change all four tires again on this machine. The tires, uh, the only tires we've seen any problems out of today has been the Rusty Wallace uh, team, and that happened, they say, in turn six is where that Rusty was getting the most wear on his tires, uh, but no other tire problems as far as any other crews today. The Mark Martin team has all their work done. The jack is down, and he is away. Mark Martin down and away, and we're, we're yelling at Dick Brooks there just a moment ago. We're watching, he's watching everything that's going on on pit road. Dick, I don't, I don't remember you ever competing here at Watkins Glen, to the best of my knowledge, before you retired, but of course you ran Riverside, and uh, you've got a lot of experience on road courses. How much do they have to conserve equipment here like Brooks? Trouble in turn things? three, one car into the outside retaining wall. It's Dick Johnson. He came up the hill into turn number three. The car slammed to the outside retaining wall. He's still moving, but still scrubbing along the outside wall here on the backstretch. That's been one of the trouble spots on this course today. Let's go down to Dick Brooks. Well, I think for uh, driving a race course like this where you go down the front straightaway, it's a long, long, high-speed straightaway, and then you've got a... Trouble in turn seven is Michael Waltrip. Michael Waltrip loses at the exit of turn six. He's done two 360s on the grass, maintains the power, comes back just in front of Bill Elliott. Close moment for Bill Elliott as he had to move to his left to avoid Michael Waltrip, but Mike's back under power and back on the track. There are about three cars that almost got a piece of him going through that corner, but there is no contact, and he will continue on around the course here this afternoon. Now, most of these stops that will be coming up in the next few minutes, uh, let's try Dick Brooks one more time. Dick, this apparently would be the last stop for them if this race remains green and they shouldn't have any mechanical problems. Well, I think it is, Barney, and to answer your question about how you should conserve this thing, you've tried to talk to me three times, and all three times something has happened because they didn't conserve something, I guess. Another thing is the uh, brake problems, transmissions, and rear ends. They get a lot of work on these things. In most racetracks, the rear end only pulls from one side of the gears. This pull's going forward. Here it's got to pull from, uh, you know, downshifting just about an equal amount as it does upshifting. So a guy has to be kind of careful when he pops out the clutch. I think uh, uh, Wallace said a while ago he uses the clutch all the time to downshift. When he does that, he's got to be careful that he don't just drop the clutch back on it because it's awful hard on the, on the uh, ring gear and the pinion itself. And the transmission, they can't beat it up. But the brakes is something that they have to work on real hard. Dick Johnson's car is stopping right in front of me. His right, both right side tires are flat, and he's got a lot of guardrail problem over here. Looked like it used to be a Darlington stripe. He's had a good run here today. He's been up in the top 10 or 15. He'd been posted in 14th position just before he had the problem a moment ago. Let's go to the pits right now. Terry Labonte came in just a while ago with his gold Oldsmobile. He comes sliding into a stop, and the crew only changed two tires. And I asked one of the crew members, it's why you changed only two. Everybody else has changed four. And they said because the radios have been malfunctioning on Terry Labonte's car, they did not know he was coming in, so they only had two tires ready up on the wall. So Terry Labonte is now running with only two fresh tires. The rest of the teams that stopped earlier had changed four. 
Terry Labonte having a good run here this afternoon. Let me correct myself. I said that Mark Martin is still the leader. He was on pit road just a moment ago. That moves Ricky Rudd up into the lead right now. Let's check in the garage. Gary Montgomery. We've got Jimmy Spencer. He's not at all worried about tires. He's worried about what is it, Jim? <laughs> well, I think we broke a rod bowl or something like that. You know, I mean, the Heinz car was running real good. We blew a tire, uh, the left rear tire over there in uh, turn two before the S's. That scared the heck out of me. But uh, I know there's a lot of debris on the racetrack, a lot of rocks. We need to do something about it. Uh, it's taking the racing out of it for everybody. I tell you, the car was running real good. I feel we had a top 15 finish. Not being a road racer, not having a road race car, uh, we ran pretty well today. Jimmy Spencer will watch this one and uh, make it uh, a short trip back to Berwick tonight. Yeah, that's where I'm staying tonight. Butch Miller is also gone from the event. Trouble at turn six. It is Ernie Irvin who slides. Michael Waltrip slides barely. Misses him. A little bit of fire out of the Michael Waltrip car over the right rear. Ernie Irvin again does a 360 but gets back onto the course just in front of Irv Hare. So a close moment again at turn six. When Michael was shifting, the car belched flame out of the headers, which is what uh, Dan Hubbard was talking about right there. But it was an awfully close call. I'll tell you, Ernie Irvin's been in a little bit of everything here today. It's been not his best day. Butch Miller comes back out of the garage area. The Mr. Peanut machine is back on the racetrack. Meanwhile, Dave Marcus's car has gone behind the wall with Jim Sauter as the driver. And the hood is back up on the Dick Johnson car while the Sitco machine for Dale Jarrett is on pit road to the attention of the Wood Brothers. Well, they're going to change right side tires on Dale's car. They've got left side tires out. They're looking them over. They're not going to do that. Uh, they're going to drop it down uh, after the right sides and uh, fill him up a unical and he's on his way. Uh, Dick Johnson is sitting here in the pits, and uh, they're beating the sheet metal and such off the tires and, and uh, what have you, trying to get their front end lined up on it. Terry Watkins, Leon, this is the way they're running right now. Ricky Rudd being posted as a leader. Hut Strickland being shown up in the number two position. Alan Kowicki is third. Now, some of those other cars that we uh, were at the front of the pack a moment ago have already made a pit stop. In fourth is Dale Earnhardt. Fifth is Kenny Schrader. Sixth is Bill Elliott. Tommy Kendall continues to show well here this afternoon. Currently, he is seventh. Sterling Marlin is eighth. Michael Walker was ninth, but he's going to fall out of that position due to that spin over there just a moment ago, and Irv Hare would, been, would have been posted in 10th position just a couple of laps ago. Laps winding themselves down at this juncture. 72 are on the board. 90 make up the distance. This has been a rather quick race. We have had only four caution flags today, and that will match the number we had here back in 1986 as the fewest caution flags ever in a Winston Cup race here at the Glen. The lead automobile, still Ricky Rudd. Let's pick him up on the course. Ricky Rudd comes down the short stretch into turn six, and there is debris on the course. You can see Ricky Rudd kind of kicks it up a little bit. Now he enters the right-hand turn seven and heads towards start finish. Ricky Rudd out of turn number seven, just having a great day here. Once he gets in control of a race, particularly on a road course, he seems to know exactly where to put that car, and he catches cars in the corners. He cuts himself a lot of slack, but he's so smooth that he just doesn't lose any time going around the course, and that is one reason. Once he gets in front and has the flagman working for him, the passing flag and everything else, he is awfully difficult to catch. He has just gone down the hill to turn number one, made that heart hard right-hander, and now we should be heading up through the S's. He's so smooth coming through the S's here, Barney. You can see the front end of the car only when he made the turn. Earlier this afternoon, we were watching the way that Rusty Wallace was coming to the turn. You can see the left side of the car as he slammed it in there so roughly. Coming up to the top of the hill, you can see the right side of the car. From the Ricky Rudd, he just eases it right down into turn number two, brings it uphill to crest the hill, make the short left-hand turn of turn number three, and eases on down on the back straightaway. 
Rudd already long since gone from the back straightaway. Now he's on his way all the way up to turn six. And Rudd comes out of uh, turn five on his way to turn six. And Barney, you hit the nail right on the head. Not only is his driving style smooth, but the car looks so stable through the corners. Rudd is very, very comfortable and yet is still able to maintain quite a lead over Hutt Strickler. So as the field works themselves towards lap number 74, my calculations are that Ricky will likely have to make a stop because he stopped last on lap number 43. As a matter of fact, Hero Pitt right now, he likely had some room with which to work, but they elect to bring him in now for service in the Levi Garrett Pit. Let's cover it. Well, now Wilson has the pit board out. Ricky Rudd comes sliding in to a stop. They go to the left side first. They're going to change only two tires on this machine. They're getting all that Unical gasoline they can get in, though. Getting the windshield. They're not going to change four tires. That's the other team's down and away. 12.8 seconds of the stop for Ricky Rudd. Outstanding pit work for Waddell Wilson and the crew to get Ricky Rudd back onto the course. Now, very likely, most of the front runners will still make that one other stop. So Ricky's not going to lose that much as we'll have to do a little calculating as to when everyone else stopped that might be up in the top ten and could possibly go the distance. Now, Hutch Strickland takes over the lead. He'll become the seventh different leader of the afternoon. Dale Earnhardt has led. Rusty Wallace, Irv Hare led earlier today. Ricky Rudd, of course, Jeff Bodine, Mark Martin. Hutch Strickland was the leader, but he now hands it off as he comes into pit road. Road and just took on gasoline. Eli, only gasoline, 4.9 on the stop. We'll get a word with Bobby Allison. Bobby, you didn't change tires. You only took on gasoline. Well, the car, the very best of you, is really handling good, working good. Uh, Goodyear tires are doing a nice job today. So that's the reason you didn't change tires. And we saw Tommy Kendall come in before. What was his pitch strategy, Jim? He changed all four tires, Eli, and he had a blistered right rear tire on that automobile. That's the second one we've seen today. Also, Bill Elliott just roared into the pit road. He took on tires and gasoline, and now he's down and away. But Kendall has really been running good, and he's got four new tires and a tank full of Unical gasoline. They are now posting Alan Kowicki as being the leader with Dale Earnhardt in the number two position, Kenny Schrader third, and then Ricky Rudd is fourth, and very likely those front three cars we just reeled off there for you will be in the pits here very shortly. Now, as far as the Derek Cope car, he is back on the racetrack after a stay in the garage, and Ken Schrader now is in the pit. Schrader running third, as Barney just told you. Let's cover that stop. Well, Kitty made a good stop at changing left sides on it. They're checking the right side tires. Richard Petty come in. They've changed uh, just ahead of him. They've changed left sides. They've gone to right sides on Richards. They're going to change all four on his. Fill him up with Unical gas. Kenny Schrader just took off with two tires and a full tank of gas. And Richard Petty has been posted on the lead lap the last run that we gave you a moment ago. Richard had been up in about 13th position. We are now getting the indication from NASCAR scoring and from Martha Oliver, who keeps our laps here in the tower, that Richard will lose one lap. So he still had a pretty good run here today. We'll see the other cars here in the pits in just a moment. Alan Kowicki being posted as the leader. Can't count Dale Earnhardt either uh, as being out of this thing. Remember, he started on the pole. He stayed up there a while, and then he dropped back, and then he had a couple of unscheduled pit stops, got way back in the pack, and worked his way back up to the front, and currently is being posted in the number two spot. So I wouldn't count him out. Of course, what matters at this juncture with 77 laps complete, meaning just 13 remaining, is that if a caution happens to hit right here in the midst of this circuit of green flag pit stops, that really could dictate the story. Here comes Eli. Dale Earnhardt now, the second place runner. As the Winston Cup point leader, Mark Martin, is off the pace on the back straightaway. He's rocking the car back and forth. About seven or eight cars have gone past him. Martin looks like he's trying to find out if he's got a tire going down, but Martin is off the pace. Trouble for Mark Martin. We'll keep your abreast there to see if he's going to be able to make it back to pit road here in just a moment. Let's go to Jim Phillips. This is a bad break for Dale Earnhardt because they needed a caution stop because the toe end is out on his car just a little bit. With that altercation with Rusty Wallace, 
I talked to Richard Childers. He said he's just doing the best he can do. They changed right side tires, filled up with Unical gasoline, and the pit board is out for Mark Martin as he comes down pit road. The car is still running as he goes to his pit, and they go to the left side first to change tires. And let's see if this is going to be a four-tire stop. No, only two tires for Mark Martin and gasoline. They'll get in all the gasoline they can. They've got it full. He has a flat tire on the left rear. That was a problem for Mark Martin. He's down now. They're trying to get the jack out. They do, and he's down and away. A lot of time on pit road for Mark Martin. The current Winston Cup points leader is down and going back onto the course. Boy, what a frustrating afternoon. Again, if you're just joining us and wondering about the Winston Cup point chase, we'll tell you again that Rusty Wallace left the event much earlier today with an engine failure on the middle of genuine draft Pontiac. Mark Martin, who was the points leader by one point over Rusty, is now still running, although this unscheduled stop will drop him from his sixth spot on the running order. And the Xerox Ford is the race leader. Alan Kowicki continuing to pace the field, and it's been a long time since Kowicki has had the kind of run that we are seeing from him here today. As a matter of fact, he has only led 135 laps all year. He led 100 laps in Richmond back in early February. He led two laps at Darlington, three at Martinsville back in April. He led 29 laps in June at Pocono, and one lap at Daytona Beach, Florida during the Pepsi 400 in July. So this is a show that Alan Kowicki is enjoying now as the Xerox Ford paces the field in the Budweiser at the Glen. Alan Kowicki is the leader. Ricky Rudd is second, and Hut Strickland is third. And Kowicki, of those three cars, will yet have to make a pit stop. And the pit board is out, as they are indicating that he will be coming in to the pits here in just a moment. Let's pick him up on the course. And here comes Alan Kowicki swinging out wide out of turn five, now down the short stretch into turn six. He has really no one around him. There should be no problems for Alan as he negotiates the left-hander, a nice clean line. Really not on the throttle that much through the short stretch between six and seven, and now he's headed toward the pit entrance. Here's Kowicki out of turn number seven. Let's see if he makes that hard turn on the pit road. He does. Cuts it in there real close. Tucks in behind that concrete wall. This will be his final stop of the day as he will give up the lead. Let's cover that pit stop for him. A bad break for Bart Martin. Barney, he's in the pits also. Kowicki comes in, brings it to a stop. They go on to the fuel only for Alan Kowicki. Just a dash of fuel. 4.5 seconds of the fuel for Alan Kowicki. No tires. So that's going to move Ricky Rudd back up into the lead. And the interval, 11 seconds now back between those two positions. We are live at Watkins Glen International in the Finger Lakes region of New York State. Live coverage of the Budweiser at the Glen on MRN Radio. The race lead currently being held by Ricky Rudd. Alan Kowicki, after his pit stop, got out ahead of Hut Strickland. So Kowicki is being posted in second. Hut Strickland now is being shown in the third spot ahead of Dale Earnhardt, who's running in fourth, and Terry Labonte at last report being posted in the fifth spot. Don't forget the members of the media in attendance today will vote the Goodies Headache Award to the driver who suffers the hardest luck during the running of this event. All sorts of candidates there for the $750 from Goodies, and the MRN crew will vote the Peak Performance Cool Move of the Race Award to the driver or the team, maybe the crew chief, whomever, that it makes a particularly timey move in the running of this weekend's Budweiser at the Glen. We'll vote on that after this race is over. Fuel is always a situation here at Watkins Glen, isn't it? If you run out here, it's just like Pocono. It's so far back to the pits, there's no way you're going to get back unless you run out coming out of turn number seven. We're talking among ourselves here on that commercial break about uh, 
Jeff Bodine a moment ago. He pitted last. The count I had was at lap 60, so it's very possible they could stretch the distance and without making another pit stop. We might get a word from Tim Brewer and the guys and see if that's going to help them have a shot at winning this race here in just a moment. Let's check in with Jim Phillips and find out. I just out. talked to Tim Brewer. He said they will not pit. They will go the distance. Well, as we were saying before, if you use the computation of 3.8 to 4.2 miles to the gallon, you'll get the minimum of 30 laps here at the Glen to a maximum of 34 laps. So that uh, is well within that window, having pitted, as we said, on lap 60, and this being a 90-lap race. So uh, that will be well within the allowance allowable tolerances for that team. Kenny Schrader is back on pit road for another stop. He stopped on lap 77 just six laps ago. Dick Brooks? Well, he's got a heating problem, uh, Eli. They're spraying water in the radiator. He's got a little, uh, looks like uh, there's some water has been uh, sprayed up on the windshield. They lifted the hood, kind of uh, cut an air hole in there to get a little more air into the radiator. So he's got a heating problem. A uh, Western Auto Mechanic of the Race Award has just been chosen or handed to me, and they've picked Waddell Wilson. The uh, number five of Ricky Rudd's car as the mechanic of the race gives him $1,000 and a chance of $25,000 at the end of the year. Good choice here. Ricky Rudd just goes by the start-finish line, and he's working the 84th lap, so that'll give us some six more laps to go here in the Budweiser at the Glen this afternoon. Ricky said yesterday, he's talking about getting around this course, and everybody says what a great road racer he is. And I ask him, do you really race the track like all the drivers tell you, or do you race the other drivers? What do you do? Well, I think it really depends on, on the driver himself. You know, I, my it, it just depends on how hard you're having to push the car. And a lot of times, if I'm leading a road course, and I've got... Maybe I'm opening some daylight, or maybe I've got guys on my back bumper. That dictates how I run. Out of turn seven, the Tide car and Bill Elliott are both against the tires on the outside of the turn. Cyril Vandermerva and Bill Elliott bringing out the caution flag. And boy, does this ever change strategies. On lap number 84, Cyril Vandermerva and Bill Elliott tangled. They went wide together going through the corner. Oh, trouble on the back straightaway. Dale Earnhardt spins and pops the guardrail on the inside of the racetrack. Earnhardt got tagged from behind and spun around. He's fired the car now as traffic scrambles behind him, but Dale Earnhardt has hit the guardrail on the backstretch. It is amazing that things happen at three or four different points on this course, seemed like simultaneously here at Watkins Lynn. We've had a situation two or three times a day. We Hardy see Vandermeer climbing out of his car. Go ahead. Uh, it's a correction. It is Hut Strickland, car number 12 instead of Bill Elliott. Sorry for that. Hut Strickland in car 12 and Vandermeer in car number 17. Well, what a tough break for Hut Strickland, too. He was going to have one of his best finishes ever in Winston Cup racing, but as Eli just said a moment ago, with that caution coming out now on lap number 84, we're working lap 85. Talk about changing the complexion of a race. This puts a whole bunch of cars right back in the thick of things. It really does. Ella, the Hut Strickland and Vandermeerva cars went very hard and wide through the turn. They went, uh, really, just totally left the course and just went up against the outside wall. Then Dale learned Earnhardt had his spin out on the course as well, though he has managed, we understand, to get the car pointed back in the right direction and continue on around. But we are under a full course caution on lap number 85 now. Just five laps from the conclusion, and that will take away the 11-second lead that Ricky Rudd had enjoyed over Alan Kowicki. Lap 86 is currently beginning for the teams as they come past the start-finish line here on the main straightaway. Ricky Rudd's lead now ahead of Alan Kulwicki. Next in line is Terry Labonte. Fourth is Jeff Bodine. Fifth, Bill Elliott. Sixth is Brett Bodine. Michael Waltrip is seventh. Eighth is Sterling Marlin. Tommy Kendall is running in the ninth spot. And tenth now is Ken Schrader. Eleventh is Rob Moroso. Twelfth now is Mark Martin. Thirteenth is Irv Hare. 
14th place belongs to the Morgan Shepard car, and 15th is Dale Earnhardt. Kenny Schrader is back on the pit lane for more service in the Kodiak crew. The hood goes up on his car as we work towards the conclusion of this race. Boy, what a heartbreaker that was for Hutch Strickland. Bobby Allison's team had not seen a run like that uh, as convincing uh, here in the latter stages of the season, and to have it end up in the wall like that is, is just a heartbreaker. We'll hopefully get a word from Hutt here in just a moment or so. A quick reminder that the Goodies Race for the Money contest is underway again here in 1990 with the grand prize being the Daytona 500 Dream Vacation. You'll get two tickets to the 1991 Daytona 500, an escorted tour of the Winston Cup Garage area, two tickets to the 1991 Goodies 300, accommodations for two people for four nights at the Treasure Island Inn in Daytona Beach, Florida, and $1,500 in spending money. We're also giving away eight racing holiday of the month prizes this year with two tickets to a Winston Cup race and $500 in cash on the line. If you'd like to enter, it's very simple. Send the front panel for many size package of goodies, headache powders, or extra strength tablets, or the words goodies, headache powders can be written on a plain card, and make sure you include your name, address, telephone number, and the call letters of your local MRN station. The address is goodies race for the money, post office box 2888, Daytona Beach, Florida, 32115. There is no purchase required. It's void where prohibited the contest is, and all federal and local regulations apply. The complete rules are available where you buy goodies products. Still under caution here at Watkins Glen, getting ready to settle this one, though, here very shortly. Quickly, let's check in the garage and Gary Montgomery. Well, I've not caught up with either driver. They tell me they're headed this way, but uh, both drivers are out of their cars and apparently walking back to the garage area, but we've not found them yet. This is Jim Phillips in the Dale Earnhardt pit. Richard Childers, you had a bad break there. You were running third. And you had, uh, what happened on the back stretch over there? Well, he had a tire going down the lap before, and it just blew out when he went in the corner over there. That's just the brakes, you know. You, you know, happens to everybody every now and then. So he had three flat tires, and he came in, and then uh, took 30.91 seconds to get all that cleaned up. Uh, the toe in on the car is messed up also. So uh, they're just going to try to hang on to the finish, the pole sitter, Dale Earnhardt. So we continue under caution here at Watkins Glen. The caution laps here take about three and a half minutes each because this is a slow, long road course. They are just now removing the Tide Chevrolet car off the race course. Ricky Rudd leads Alan Kulwicki. Terry Labonte is third. Jeff Bodine and Bill Elliott fourth. The leaders come past the start-finish line. 87 laps going up on the board. Well, we are about set to settle the Budweiser at the Glen here in Watkins Glen, New York. Here is how things stack up. The lights are out atop the safety car. We are working the 87th lap of the event as they come back to the stripe. So we'll be heading down to the finish of this 90-lap race here. And it's tough at this juncture, Barney, to figure uh, who has the edge. You'd have to say Ricky Rudd, but now that he has to try and shake the fellas right behind him in Kowicki and Labonte, who are pretty good road racers. Here we go. We're about to find out. Pace car pulls in behind oh. the pit wall, and as they do, Terry Labonte follows that pace car in. It looks like he's going in for an, certainly an unscheduled stop as the field heads back into turn number one. Leader is Ricky Rudd, and he's really stretched it out about eight car lengths now over Jeff Bodine, who's followed by Bill Elliott as Rudd takes it downhill to turn number two. 
Rudd swings wide off turn two, downhill to turn number three, right down to the inside of the racetrack, still stretching his advantage over Jeff Bodine. Bodine sits about five car lengths ahead of Bill Elliott. Then it's Alan Kulwicki and Brett Bodine, all moving on to the backstretch. So Jeff Bodine with the good restart, Alan Kulwicki with the poor restart, but Ricky Rudd leading Bodine now by about 20 car lengths as they come ripping down the back straightaway. Kulwicki's got a problem. He's down to the inside. Brett Bodine goes by him on the outside. Jeff Bodine trying to chase down Rudd in five. Alan Kulwicki tucks back in line. Jeff Bodine with about 10 car lengths to make up to Ricky Rudd. Rudd tucks it down to the inside of the racetrack. They're all down the hill, single file, back to six. Well, it's just as if someone lit a rocket underneath Ricky Rudd. He's really showing himself to be the class of the field. He's got about a six, seven, eight car length lead over second place Jeff Bodine. Now, Bodine is all by himself in second. Here comes Bill Elliott now trying to mount a challenge from the third spot. A little bit of smoke out of the Elliott car, and Elliott gets a couple of wheels off. He's kicking up a lot of dust into Brett Bodine's face, and Brett will challenge for the third spot. But here comes Ricky Rudd back to the stripe. It'll be two laps to go now. Two laps remaining as a lead car goes downhill towards the turn number one area. Before the last caution, Ricky Rudd was making a cautious run through turn one and letting some of the other cars get by him. Now no one can even catch him. He's got almost three seconds now over Jeff Bodine as they head into two. Big battle is for the third spot. Brett Bodine is there trying to hold off the Bill Elliott machine. Elliott tries to get the line underneath Brett Bodine. That's not going to work. Directly behind them, Bobby Hillens trying to hold off the Michael Walter car in turn three. And as that scramble goes on, we told you that Terry Labonte, who had been running in the number two position, went on to pit Trouble roll. in turn three. Richard Petty hits the outside retaining wall. He made contact with Davey Allison. Petty did a great job of saving the STP Pontiac. Race will remain under green. Let's get a quick report from Jim Phillips. Terry Labonte had a cut left rear tire and Alan Kowick, we spoke of him, his clutch is slipping. That's the reason he dropped off the pace. So trouble for both Labonte and Kowicki. Meanwhile, Ricky Rudd continues to work around this course, trying to chase him down as Jeff Bodine. The interval looks like it's about 20 car lengths as they work around the course right now and head back to get the white flag this time by. I believe this will be the final lap as they come around the course. I don't know if we can catch him or not. He's got probably, what, a full second, and that's a long ways to make up on Ricky Rudd as they work back into turn number seven and out of the straightaway. A little bit further than that, really, about two seconds separate first and second position as they cross the stripe, head back down the hill. Let's follow him around this final lap. Ricky Rudd keeping it nice and smooth into the 90-degree right-hander, drops it to the bottom of the racetrack, just like the textbook says. Let's it drift right up to the outside and on down the short shoot into turn two. That's what's going to take him in the winner's circle this afternoon, driving so smoothly as he has all afternoon. Ricky Rudd. Up in turn one, Irv Hare gets all the way around sideways. A lot of smoke around him. Cars trying to avoid him. Now Rob Moroso spins to avoid him. Harry Gantt slips between those two cars. No one else makes any contact. Bill Elliott is also involved. His car spun in the middle of the S's, and Sterling Marlin hits the outside retaining ball here in turn three. Caution is flying. So is the white flag. We are on the final lap with now a four-second lead for Ricky Rudd as he piles on. Let's continue picking him up on the course. There's a lot of action on that side of the course. Ricky Rudd is kind of the eye of the hurricane. As he comes out of turn five, he's being greeted with a lot of waving yellow flags and a lot of fans waving Ricky Rudd onto the checker as he comfortably coasts through the left-hand turn six. Way behind is Jeff Bodine, but it looks like it'll be Ricky Rudd's race today. So as they work now towards the Winston Cup Series Bridge, it was 33 races ago, Sears Point of 89, when Ricky Rudd last went to victory lane. He does it again here today on the road course of Watkins Glen. Ricky Rudd wins the Budweiser at the Glen. Second place will be Jeff Bodine. Brett Bodine comes in next in line, but the celebrating is in the Levi Garrett pit. Well, Waddell Wilson, you overcame a lot again today, but you pulled it off this time. I tell you, you know, this is great. And uh, what a job that uh, Ricky done and the crew and all the boys at the shop. And 
you know, we've been wanting to win so bad, and, you know, we just had some bad luck. And, but, uh, you know, most of all, I want to thank God for granting us this race. That's what L. Wilson overcame two flats today. Still won the first win for a Hendrick team this year. And Alan Kowicki comes across the start-finish line. We'll take the checkered flag with a lot of smoke out of his car. Bill Elliott got damaged in that spin down there just a moment ago. He also gets across the line. We'll pass it to you a little bit later as to exactly where they finished. Unofficially, it looks like Ricky will win the race. A very tight battle for second place going to Jeff Bodine. Finishing third would have been Brett Bodine. Finishing fourth looks like Michael Waltrip and perhaps Mark Martin will round out the top five. We'll further verify that when we come back in a minute. Chris Crockett here with another member of our Toyota racing family. Reggie, you've taken tailgating to new places. You've converted this school bus into a giant brisket smoker? Yeah, it's table stakes, Chris. Oh, you see that? That's my lookout tower, so I can see Kyle Busch taking the lead. Wow, what's the cage for? That's for the tailgaters. Oh, yeah, that's a real alligator. NASCAR and Toyota Racing. With a family like this, who knows the places we'll go as things heat up this summer. Learn more at toyotaracing.com. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of the National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. Grunt style. The American fighting spirit is in everything we make. We are 500 patriots and veterans strong. Bringing clothing manufacturing back to the United States of America. Always moving forward. Never retreating. Never giving up. We are Grunt Style, and this we'll defend. Get yours at GruntStyle.com or on the track this week at Watkins Glen International. NASCAR Today continues on MRN Radio, sponsored by Ford and your local Ford dealers who invite you to see the exciting lineup of tough Ford trucks. Ricky Rudd is headed to victory lane and a very popular local flavor to second and third place. Jeff and Brett Bodine of Chemung, New York, just seven or eight miles up the road, finished second and third place respectively to the cheers of this adoring crowd in upstate New York. As we await Ricky Rudd unstrapping himself in victory lane, it's time for the MRN crew to vote the $500 award as the peak performance cool move of the race award. Let's open our nominations and turn one with David Hyatt. Kept it up all day in a good run. Brett Bodine is my choice. Richard Petty with a great save out here in turn number three. I'll vote for him. How about uh, Ricky Rudd and his pit crew for that good stop that got him that big lead late in the race? I'm going to have to second that for Ricky Rudd's crew. I'm going to go with Sal Vandemer, a bit out of his element. They hammered on him all day, but he kept the car under control until the end. On to pit road. Dick Brooks, your thoughts? I've seen so much over here I don't even know to vote for. So I'm going <laughs> to say Richard Petty. If he did something in the back, as good. He needs it. All right. Jim Phillips? I'm going to go with Dale Earnhardt for that save he made down in turn one. Gary Montgomery. I'm going to go with Brett Bodine for that bonsai move at the checker as he chased his brother across the line side by side. I was kind of partial to that myself, Barney. I thought Brett uh, uh, managed to weed his way through all that spinning and carnage of the last lap and came home with a superb finish. I'll say Brett Bodine. Well, that was certainly a good nomination, but I'm going to go with Ricky Rudd and the team. But with three nominations, Brett Bodine will take home the $500 as the winner of the Peak Performance Cool Move of the Race Award. Let's go into the garage and talk to some of the victors and others. Talk to the guy who came in second first, and that's Jeff Bodine. Jeff, a great run, and that was a great run right down to the wire with your brother. <laughs> well, we were, we've been claiming uh, one of these days it'll come to the wire to, for the finish. Today it was for second. Uh, he was out of brakes. I had a tire equalized that was jumping off the ground about a foot. But uh, we managed to limp around and come in second. A great run for the, the Budweiser Thunderbird. The crew did a j- super job. You know, we got spun around in the beginning. Then we had a flat tire, and that, that really put us way behind. But uh, we came back. We don't quit. Uh, we're really happy with that. 
You're real happy, and another guy that's real happy is standing alongside us, Brett Bodine, and Jim Phillips has him. Well, a good run for you today, Brett. Third place in the Quaker State Buick. Well, I'm tickled to death to finish third on a road course. Uh, this win really goes to Larry McReynolds. He made a call to get us pitted out of sync, and, you know, uh, without that, we might not have been able to finish third. Uh, it was awful hard to pass out there today, and uh, the first half of the race, I just tried to hang around with a game plan that was just tried to run smooth and then press it at the end, and unfortunately, we run out of brakes at the end, and uh, just kept us from... Getting by Jeff there on the last lap, he had a tire problem, and I saw it vibrating, and I said, well, if I could just get a little closer, I might get him before the start-finish line, but missed it by a little bit. We're getting awful close to that, for that win. Uh, Pocono was third and fourth. This was second and third. Uh, it's going to be fun when it happens, running for the win against Jeff. Where on this racetrack do you use the most brakes? Well, it seems like getting in the first turn is real hard, and... Uh, getting into five you know that's the highest speed part of the racetrack and it just seems like we use a little more brake there than we should have uh we were a little off on our transmission ratios and coming off of five is where they pull me pretty good and we just got to come back and uh fine-tune a little bit and we'll be battling for the lead that's brett bodine third place finisher tour today in the bud at the Glen. good run for him let's check in right now with dick brooks well we got an awful mess in here we got beer going everywhere I, this, this must be a bud race or something here with all the beer just happened right must be I, the, people won't normally throw that beer around like that so uh-oh oh. <laughs> i think you're right well for everybody that don't know that was a bucket full of ice water well i just took <laughs> care of the beer shower now i got the water shower but that's all right it feels awful good uh Hey, this victory lane seems to be getting harder and harder to find with the competition that's out there today. And just can't say enough about Waddell Wilson, this whole crew, you know, uh, and Rick Kendricks, uh, you know, uh, can't say enough about him. You know, from where we were and from everybody on the radio and the, and the TV and stuff, there was something happening every lap somewhere. You must have seen a lot of things yourself. What did you, when did you finally decide, man, I'm through with all this mess, I'm going to win the race? Well, what happened to us in the beginning of the race, I just couldn't believe all the stuff that was happening. Uh, star of the race, uh, I was moving up, and I, of course, I guess I caused it as much as anything. I got on the inside of Alan Kowicki, cleared him going into turn one. Well, I didn't mean to clear Jeff, but I, my car, I couldn't get it to woe down. I jumped halfway up beside him, and I body slammed him. We both spun. I said, well, this could be a long day. And then the flat tires, must have had two or three unscheduled stops with flat tires. The rest of the guys weren't having trouble, and I said, oh, no, serious point all over again. And then uh, towards the end of the race, we didn't have any flats, and I seen the other guys did. So I guess it just ran in cycles, and uh, there were some other good cars out there, but it seemed like as the race went on, ours got a little better. Well, it takes, uh, you know, something to happen every year to try to get something going. The Hendricks team has not won a race this year. This is the first time, I guess, for uh, any one of the three teams, so it must make you feel good. Well, it really does. You know, I know I, I feel bad for Rick. He keeps getting it all the time. When are you guys going to start winning? When are you going to be winning? And uh, hopefully I started a trend. Hopefully it's, uh, Kenny Schrader can jump in there, and Greg Sachs has been running awful good. So I think, you know, I tell you, the competition is just so daggum severe, and uh, all these teams are heavily backed, and it's, you know you just keep plugging every day, and when it's your day, it's your day. I don't care. You don't really do anything different. It just things, circumstances line up for you on a given day. Had a caution flag with like four or five laps to go. There was a caution flag, and you got to start this thing all over again. You got to everybody's catching up to you or something just before you restarted. I know they had problems after that, but just before the restart, what was you thinking about? I said, "Oh no, here we go. We got a race." I looked in my mirror, had about a straightaway lead on everybody, and I said, "It's all out the window." Uh, I knew the six car is awful tough. Uh, several cars were tough, but they ended up having problems towards the end. I said, it's going to be a heck of a race. I said, I've never gotten one of these things easy. It seems like it always comes down to a dogfight. And, uh, 
as it turns out, I heard Waddell came on my radio and told me that Alan Kowicki's clutch was slipping a little bit. So I guess luckily Alan was lined up right behind me, and I don't think he knew if he could go or not. When the restart took place, Alan didn't go. So that bottled everybody up behind me. We only had two or three laps of race, and I didn't look back. But uh, I did happen to look back the lap before, and it was about a straightaway. So I, then I was trying to go easy, not to tear anything up. Well, we got to go wash off all this beer and all this uh, ice water, right? But good luck to you guys. Thank you, Dick. I'll tell you, there's some happy people over here. There's, uh, this must be a bud race because they got it everywhere. Well, it is all over here at Watkins Glen, New York, as Ricky Rudd goes to victory lane for the first time since the race at Sears Point in California a year ago. It's been some 33 Winston Cup races between victories for Ricky Rudd. Jeff Bodine and Brett Bodine were second and third, then Michael Waltrip and Mark Martin. As for Mark Martin's Winston Cup point lead, he still has it. It is now 10 points unofficially over Dale Earnhardt. Earnhardt had his problems today, ended up in seventh spot, and it could have been a whole lot worse than that. Martin with 2,669 points to Earnhardt's 26.59, and I believe Jim Phillips is with the driver of the Folgers Ford. Well, fifth place finish for Mark Martin. He was rolling along pretty good until about 19 laps to go, Mark, and then what happened? Well, we had uh, one equalized tire and two flats, uh, actually three flats uh, in the last 19 laps. Yeah, we got a flat now, so I'm going to count that one and make it even sound uh, worse than it really was. We had three. We had to stop three times right there with 19 laps to go or 20 or something, 22. I don't know what it was, but it was right there at the end. And uh, we were, you know, we had a great car. And I just want to thank uh, the Folgers team for having such a good car. On the top of the rack, you know, we totaled our road race car and brought out a, a brand-new road race car that could have won the race on the right day. But today wasn't that day. Well, you still have the points lead, 10 points over Dale Earnhardt now. You only had a one-point lead in going into this race, and you had the trouble and still came out with a lead. Yeah, we raced, uh, raced Dale at the end. We raced everybody, but especially Dale. And uh, uh, It was a big disappointment to see we weren't going to finish in the top 10, but we were certainly going to go after Dale and try to beat him. And then we got the caution and uh, got a shot at the top 10 even. So it was it's a beautiful day to wind, you know, wind up where we did, I guess, you know, with all, all everything considered. But we were awful unlucky there at the end. Well, it seemed to me like, though, when you got the lead that you just started setting a pace. You weren't really charging. You are just setting a nice, comfortable pace. I never really ran as hard as I could all day. Never did. You know, I never never did, uh, you know, want to over-punish my brakes or over-punish my tires. And I ran whatever I felt like I needed to. And when we got the lead, I ran what I needed to there. And I wasn't going to – there was nobody going to pass me. You know, I had enough car to keep the lead. But uh, obviously we couldn't stay up there with all the trouble we had. That's Mike Martin. He's still the Winston Cup point leader, 10 points ahead of Dale Earnhardt. And you could hear the smile in his voice. Pretty happy kid. Not, comes out of here smelling like a rose today, and he knows it. So sure let's check in right now with Gary Montgomery. And I'm standing alongside a guy that was smiling a few minutes ago, but now the smile has disappeared a little bit. Uh, fourth place at the finish of this wild and crazy race here, Michael Waltrip. Well, we're pretty happy to finish fourth. You know, uh, we got kind of down and out there thinking about Barry Swift, our crew member that got hurt there. He's been with me ever since I started racing, and uh, they told me he got hurt, and I didn't know how bad, and it kind of threw me off a little bit during the middle of the race, and uh, finally got my act back together, and uh, it was real fortunate for me. I was able to battle away my boy back into the top five at the end because uh, we had a car capable of finishing there, and it would have been a shame had we not. I was uh, dogging the car real hard trying to get everything I could out of it coming through the uh, sixth turn over here and lost it and spun around, lost a lot of ground, but uh, my country time, Maxwell House Pontiac, those people are all sitting in there cheering for us, and uh, I'm just real proud to come home in the top five. I'm a little bit disappointed that I wasn't second. I felt like I, I you know, I should have been able to run with Rudd, and, and I, I would have really been happy if I was second. But uh, I gave something, a little bit of something away, but there at the end I got a lot back. 
Well, he's not happy with fourth, but uh, it's his best finish ever on a road course. Yeah, I finished in the top ten the last four road courses, and we're going to build a new road course car over the winter, so uh, I wouldn't be too surprised if I was a threat when we get out to California next June for the, for the race out there. Michael Waltrip, a good day here at Watkins Glen. Meanwhile, for Rusty Wallace, well, the members of the press covering the Budweiser at the Glen have voted to Rusty Wallace the Goodies Headache Award, so he'll take home $750 more. There's also a $250 donation going to the Brenner Children's Hospital in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. As always, that is from the folks at Goodies Manufacturing this week in Rusty Wallace's name. Check in the garage area. Well, Hutch Strickland was having a great run today. Hutch, you just took over the lead going around this road course, and then what happened? Well, Jim, it's just one of them deals. You know, uh, I was passing the 17 car there and going in turn seven, and, uh, you know, I went up alongside him there. I thought he saw me, and it's just one of them deals. I, he come down, and when he come down, I just couldn't get stopped fast enough, and, you know, we just touched each other, and, I uh, just couldn't seem to get away from one another. You know, it just one of them deals. It was a tough break for, you know, everybody on the Ray Bestest Buick team. But, you know, we'll get them next week at Michigan. Tell us about this race as far as you're concerned. You were back in the, wasn't too far back, but you stayed right there in the top five. And then you made your move. You got to second place. You were following Ricky Rudd. Tell us about the race to that point. Well, you know, it'd been a, it'd been a good day for us, so, you know, all day and uh, until that last little deal. And, uh, you know, we had a couple of things that, that finally went right for us. You know, we had a flat tire there. We caught it right as soon as the caution come out. And, uh, you know, that really worked in our favor. And, uh, you know, it just it just seemed like it was going to be our day. You know, Jimmy and all the guys on the team just kept adjusting on the car and just kept getting it better and better. And it just one of them deals, you know, I thought we might have a little something right there at the end. That's strictly had a fine run today. But he didn't finish as well as he th thought he was going to in the Ray Best Dispute. But he'll be back next week at Michigan. Well, they've got some 1,100 acres of camping space here at Watkins Glen. And virtually every inch of it was occupied here this weekend. The fans now begin to file out after the running of the Budweiser at the Glen. And we have the full rundown for you. Ricky Rudd is the winner. Jeff Bodine finishes second. Brett Bodine third. Fourth, Michael Waltrip. Fifth, Mark Martin. Sixth, Morgan Shepard. Seventh is Dale Earnhardt. Tommy Kendall finishes eighth. Kenny Schrader ninth. Irv Hare will finish tenth. 11th position goes to Alan Kowicki. Bill Elliott finishes 12th. 13th, Rob Moroso. 14th, Terry Labonte. 15th, Sterling Marlin. 16th, Bobby Hillen. 17th, Kyle Petty. 18th, Richard Petty. 19th, Davey Allison. And Dale Jarrett round out the top 20. 21st was Harry Gant. 22nd, J.D. McDuffie. Hutch Strickland, after leading, has to settle for a 23rd place finish. 24th was Saral Vandermerva. 25th goes to Butch Miller. Jerry O'Neill was 26th. Dick Johnson, 27th. Ernie Irvin's car comes home in 28th place today. 29th was Jimmy Spencer. And 30th was the Dick Trickle car, driven most of the day by Dorsey Schrader. In 31st spot, Dave Marcus's machine with Jim Sauter doing the driving. 32nd was Rick Wilson, 33rd, Tommy Riggins. Rusty Wallace, after losing an engine, finishes 34th. 35th goes to Derek Cope. Rick Ware finishes in 36th. 37th place going to Oma Kimbrell. John Alexander finishes 38th. 39th will be Jimmy Means, and the first driver out of the race will be Greg Sachs. He'll finish in 40th spot. For his win today, Ricky Rudd earns the Gatorade Circle of Champions induction, along with the win in the True Value Hard Charger Award battle and the Top Dog Award as the winner of the event. Rusty, excuse me, Ricky Rudd taking home $1,000 from the folks at Dinner Bell Meets. The Heinz Ketchup Award, unofficial 
unofficially goes to Morgan Shepard. He started 23rd and finishes in 6th place here this afternoon. And as you heard from Dick Brooks earlier today, Waddell Wilson, Ricky Rudd's crew chief, winning the Western Auto Mechanic of the Race Award. We do want to thank all of those who participated on the broadcast today. Behind the scenes, Martha Oliver and Augusta Johnson were on the scoring loop. Paul Horvath was our production assistant today. Those from whom you heard throughout the broadcast included David Hyatt. We thank him. Joe Moore, Alan Bestwick, Fred Armstrong, and Dan Hubbard. Our pit coverage today from Jim Phillips and Dick Brooks, Gary Montgomery in the garage area. We'll talk to you Tuesday evening at 7 o'clock Eastern time with our next edition of NASCAR Live as we open up the phone lines to you. Sunday free at 1-800-2-NASCAR. And remember, each and every afternoon, Alan Bestwick will be along with NASCAR Today, the latest news in the world of NASCAR racing. So until we talk to you next, for Barney Hall, I'm Eli Gold. As we bid you so long from Watkins Glen, New York, we say congratulations to Ricky Rudd, winner of the Budweiser at the Glen. So long, everybody. MRN Radio. Coverage of the NASCAR Winston Cup Series has come to you from Watkins Glen International. The executive producer of MRN Radio is John McMullen. Associate producer Alan Bestwick. Engineers Harry Howard and Clay Stalka. Affiliate relations Pat Hensley. Production assistants Tina Marr, Cheryl Knight, and Stephanie Ellis. This is Rick Lewis. This broadcast was a production of MRN Radio, a division of International Speedway Corporation. MRN's Throwback Thursday has been brought to you by Hercules Tires, right on our strength, and by Sunoco and Grunt Style. Throwback Thursday can be found on demand at MRN.com, iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Throwback Thursday is a production of the Motor Racing Network. All rights reserved.